What's up, Red Raider Nation? Welcome to episode 55 of the Lone Raider Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'm your host, Jonah Young. And with me, as always, is my good friend, Nathan. What is your bold prediction for the Spurs season? Zuniga, what's up, buddy? Uh, we make the playoffs again, for sure. Ooh, First year, we'll bold prediction. we make the playoffs. Or in the West, play we in. make it. We make the play in, but I still think we make playoffs. That's my bold prediction. <laughs> nice, wow. nice. Good to hear, man. Good to hear. I believe the season so, starts so. uh was a little little bit uh, after next week, but we can have it's against or? the I th- it's against the Mavericks. So whenever we play them, that's the starting. Hell that's yeah. the opening game. Hell yeah. yeah. There you go, man. <laughs> and speaking of San Antonio, also joining us today is San Antonio's finest, Mr. <laughs> 210 himself, Nesto Martinez. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Yes, sir. What's up, boys? What's up? What do? What's up? You know, I saw a uh, tweet by uh, the Talking Tech guys, and uh, they were saying that uh, they they really hope that ESPN just shoves Wemby highlights down our throats the same way they did Luca highlights his rookie year. <laughs> and I got to say, man, I'm kind of here for it. I'm kind of here for it. <laughs> think it's about time man. I'm, I'm just happy to yeah. you know finally have some good things to root for for the spurs you know gotta say the, man. City, the city's gonna eat absolutely absolutely can't wait can't wait on this week's episode we are once again bringing the good vibes and the high quality conversations your way including but not limited to a recap of the red raiders homecoming loss to the kansas state wildcats our preview versus BYU Cougars, which includes an interview with some very special guests from a certain BYU podcast. Another soccer update, our easy money wins and losses from last week. And of course, we cap it off with our good vibes vibe of the week. All of that coming up here in just a little bit. Before we get into all that, though, I remind you to go follow our social media accounts. That is at Lone Raider Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and on YouTube. Be sure to rate review subscribe also feel free to leave us a five-star review if you so choose and if you choose not to well you're just you're just not with the vibes man you're not with the vibes that's all i gotta say all i gotta say but either way we appreciate y'all for supporting your local small time texas tech sports podcast that is brought to you by the fans that give some dams and are officially powered by the south plainsman be sure to check them out that is at south plainsman on both twitter and instagram all right, guys. So today is Tuesday, October 17th, 2023. Officially 37 days until Thanksgiving. 37. Luke Stice's number, the uh, Snyder prodigy linebacker from Texas Tech. Uh, 37 days. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll go ahead and start off with a soccer update. Give us a little soccer update because uh, the girls things, out there on the pitch, uh, they end tell up. Tell me good um, things. <laughs> yeah, good vibes, man. Get, 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 tell get, me good get things, please. Good, man. Uh, so the Red Raiders end their season undefeated at home. Perfect 10-0 record at the John Walker Soccer Love Complex. Um, absolutely kill on the pitch this year. I believe they are currently in contention for the um, – I know they at least right now have a share of the Big 12 championship. I think they might need a little bit of help to win it outright. But even if they don't get it, as long as they just continue to win and you know control what's in front of them, they should be at least co-Big 12 champions. So that is absolutely awesome. Love it. These girls are killing it out there. And uh, you know, I'm gonna keep riding this train all the way to the, the national championship, man. I feel like the, this team really is that good. They, they they just are that good. And so really happy those girls. 
Um, moving on though, uh, I know this one's a little bit, a little bit older of a topic, but we uh, we didn't discuss it last week. So Texas Tech basketball unveiled their new uniforms. I believe I sent you guys over this in the group chat. So, seen them. what do we think? What do we think? Uh, I like the reds. I like the reds the most. Uh, the whites, I feel like, are kind of just our our staple across the nation. I feel those white ones. We look good in the white ones. I won't lie, but I, I like the reds the best. My least favorite was the black, as you could tell, because I'm not talking about it. So that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, uh, I I just feel like I mean, like like why you know I feel like our uniforms were were, were fine you know <laughs> like I don't I don't really see a reason to uh you know to to try to get new ones it's, or get it's, a new it's Under Armour Jonah it's Under Armour yes I guess I mean I feel like pretty basic if you ask me <laughs> yeah I mean the, the black ones are kind of least favorite just saying Red Raiders across it I mean come on guys like like at least make it say Texas Tech right you know like that's why I like the red ones the red ones is a nice red on us right it's our red yeah yeah it's it's I think the white ones are the most the they're probably the best to really display across the nation I think <laughs> the white <laughs> ones it's just simple it's a basketball uni yeah, kind of, kind of going a little bit of a, a little bit older school, kind of a little throwback sort of. Because we used to have something very similar to that. So I mean, you know, either way, I'm here for it. You know, it's a, uh, it's a rebrand, kind of a little rebrand. Um, but you know, hey, they look fine. You know, I just didn't feel like it was necessary. But hey, other people thought otherwise. Under Armour thought otherwise. So like Texas Tech, so, you need new uniforms, man. And get uh, old McCaslin. <laughs> Our head coach bringing that just average. That new swag. Yeah, that That, new drip, man. I guess, (laughs) if you want to say it. But, yeah, sure. I like the colors. No doubt. No doubt. doubt. (laughs) Um, And we'll, uh, of course, uh, as we get a little bit closer into basketball season, we'll talk about that as we, uh, you know, that season's uh, about to approach. I believe they are uh, currently practicing right now. Um, And, yeah, the season open is not too too far away. So, Definitely down for it, man. Definitely down for it. Can't wait to see this new era of Texas Tech basketball. Um, so should we go ahead and just jump right into the main topic of today? Uh, nah. so <laughs> I really want to gloss over that. Okay, yeah, let's do that. You know, I think that would uh, kind of be best, you know, for all of our mental healths. <laughs> no, I know both of y'all have some some quarrels, some thoughts, some some heavy hitters, I, I imagine. Are going to yes. be told here in this podcast, maybe. I don't yes. know. Yes, I, I want Nesta so. to lead with this one. To be honest <laughs> with you, like truly, that's that's who I want. To lead well, with this let's one go ahead and dive think. right into it. I guess. <laughs> so Texas Tech football loses their homecoming game to Kansas State, thirty-eight to twenty-one, dropping to three and four on the season. That is currently the eighth straight matchup against the Wildcats that you have lost. Uh, you are one in ten in your last eleven meetings. There has not been a single team outside of Oklahoma, I would say, and even then you were able to beat them last year, that has had more dominance over you than the Kansas State Wildcats. So let's go ahead and talk about this one. You know, get into the what went right, what went wrong, you know, stats breakdowns, the uh, key contributors, where we stand, where we go from here, and some standouts because we don't give out game balls for losses. So I actually kind of want to lead this one off talking about like the what went right because I know that neither one of y'all probably have anything, any positive takes on this game. Um, but I, I wanted to just kind of you know get my thoughts out of the way and then kind of have y'all's uh, uh, y'all chime in about it. Please do so, tell, Jonah. 
Tell me so what we're right. About this guy, you know, man. Taj Brooks continues to prove why he is the guy, man. I mean, this is truly an NFL running back in the making. Get used to seeing him in a red or uniform. Soak it in because he is not going to be here for very much longer. He is, uh, you know, probably going to be off to the NFL after this. And, uh, you know, I, I can't really blame him. Can't blame him, man. I mean, he is, he, he didn't have quite a hundred yard game in this one, just shy of it. He had 98 <laughs> yards. You know, it's like, dang, just, you know, one extra carry, you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, he he continues to be a stud. He continues to carry the load of this offense mostly. And, you know, is really the key, the, the key piece in it. Um, I mean, even, you know, K-State, when they were stacking the box, they couldn't really seem to stop him all that much. You know, he was still, uh, he was still getting his, he was still getting his chunk yardages out there. I mean, he was, uh, just being, being the dude, being the guy we've seen all season. I also want to highlight uh, Jalen Hutchings, man. He is currently on the Lombardi Award midseason watch list. Uh, the Lombardi Award gets presented to the nation's top offensive and defensive line. So he's currently on that watch list this year after this game that was announced, uh, I believe, earlier today. And another thing that I really like that went right, you know, you have some young guys stepping up, man. Absolutely. Brennan Jordan in this game came in here and he was actually really good had a really really good game i think he had like six or seven tackles in this game too um you know a week prior or two weeks prior you had mikhail dingle another true freshman stepping in and um just taking care of business you know playing that good linebacker position ben roberts a redshirt freshman he's obviously been a stud he led the team in tackles in this game too uh i don't even know like how many times we keep saying his name i mean yeah i i absolutely and, and thrilled with the way that he's been playing. I mean, so we, we've had guys, you know, younger guys step in and uh, just, you know, keep this thing afloat, just really keep us uh, keep us in the game. You know, so I, I really feel good about, like, the future of this program, the future of these guys, should they choose to stay, of course. You know, we got, can't uh, can't overlook that factor. But I, I really feel good about, you know, the way this team operates. You know, it, it is really truly that next man up because, I mean, you know, you, you don't you don't really miss um don't miss a beat. You do get some guys back next week, which we'll get to here in uh in a little bit. But yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm really been thrilled with the way that these younger guys have stepped up in uh especially in this game and in uh, the games prior. So that's is my what went right. Um we'll get to you guys. You know, let's open up with you guys now and your uh, what went right, although I don't know if you have any. If you do, you know, just kind of Kind of keep it brief, but uh, um, yeah, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Zuni, what about you, brother? The first half. Nesto? That's really it, buddy. I the can't, first half? The first half. Like, I truly, to me, this game just feels incomplete. Like, I don't know how many times we've had K-State where we don't have our starter at quarterback. And I know that's an excuse, and I'm going to use it because we're, you know, 1-10. in 10. But, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the first half went well with our starter, the guy who was supposed to, you know, kind of – into. In, in all honesty, I felt like we were kind of rolling towards the end of that first half, just a bit. You know, I felt like we were having, you know, really good momentum. If I'm not mistaken, we did score before the half, if I'm not – correct me if I'm wrong. So, there was definitely that to to be excited about. And then we get true freshman, Jake Strong, second yep. half. True freshman, correct me if I'm wrong. Not redshirt freshman, yeah, true, true freshman. freshman. Jesus Christ, guys. That means this kid was playing high school football last year. That's what that means. So I, it's just – it's hard to throw anybody into that environment. And I guess – I mean, he definitely looked like a true freshman. That I mean, absolutely. So I – frustrating loss. And, uh, yeah, our playmakers can be playmakers, but we, we got to get a, 
full week's worth of practice with this kid, with the ones, because clearly he didn't have any experience with them, which is kind of why I think he was going the way he did. So, <laughs> yeah, that's really my thoughts on it totally. Uh, I do feel like coaching was a bit subpar in this game. They definitely could have yeah, yeah. did stuff to help out our guy. Unless this man was just making the audibles at the line of scrimmage, changing the play. But even then, like you said, they were stacking the box. And Taj Brooks, on no gains, was still getting three plays. <laughs> three plays. Getting three yards. He's still getting three yards when he's getting met at the line of scrimmage. That's crazy to me. We're still getting positive yards. Just hand the ball off. So that's where, that, that's where I feel about the subpar coaching. And that goes across the board. Um, yeah. Uh, Nesto? Nesto? How do you feel, buddy? Take away, bud. Um, so we'll I'm, write the first yeah, half, guys. I, I kind of already <laughs> speed on over. I'm sorry, he, but yeah, the first half went right. That was it. I mean, the defense, in my opinion, was playing well. I mean, eventually your offense got to, you know, help out your defense a little bit. And, you know, when you just stop moving the ball, defense gets tired. And then you, and then Avery Johnson showed us. That was know, also crazy. Yeah. What a game. He, what a game. Out of all games, right? Yeah. <sighs> uh, I, I will say this. I think if Will, Hi- will Howard plays the whole game, I don't think we lose, honestly. No. <laughs> so, so good for K-State and making that, you know, call to play Avery Johnson uh, the, almost, I think, the entire second half, right? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, um, I think Will Howard got one more series and then that was it. It was pretty much. Yeah. So, so I mean, I think if Will Howard plays – actually – I'm going to say this, Will Howard plays the whole game and they don't even give Avery Johnson the chance. I think we dominate this game, even with Jake Strong coming in. I think at that point, him coming in would have just been like, hand the ball off, kill clock. But, um, yeah, I mean, everything that went right, you guys already alluded to. Everything that went wrong, went wrong in the second half. I mean, first half was pretty good. Second half... I mean, up until that touchdown, right, that, that uh, Jay Strong threw on that fade route, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this could look kind of good, <laughs> you know. and but, but then I also knew, I was like, okay, he's a true freshman. We can't just act like he's Patrick Mahomes now just because he had one good drive. And yeah. I guess that kid like- thought different. <laughs> because I, I, I mean, that's inexcusable. Like, you have – the top five running back in the entire nation, you don't give him the ball to help out your true freshman quarterback. Instead, you turn to the true freshman quarterback and are pretty much like, this game is in your hands. I am i don't care, like, if what experience you have. Like, I'm putting it in your hands, and we put it in Jake Strong's hand, and he obviously wasn't ready. Yeah, I, uh, I do agree with that. I felt as though... You know what you were saying a little earlier. You know we, we need to learn how to play competent football. You know I feel like with the way that our offense. You know obviously you know we had two fourth down conversions that we didn't convert on. We didn't help out our defense. You know we gave them pretty good field position in that regard. Um, you know obviously with the three turnovers, I, I don't think any of us here are going to put this loss on Jake Strong. Like I, that that's just, that's unfair. It's unfair to put that onto a kid. And so yeah, I, I absolutely do. Um, do agree with a lot of you guys are saying, you know, kind of getting into the to the what went wrong stage. I mean, you know, virtually yeah, the second it, half, yeah, like you but... said, you know, I felt like you played very competitive football in that first half. You know, um, 
they they had a really good drive going against you. You were able to you know respond back. I believe it was 10-0 going into the second quarter, but you had a really good second quarter. You know, you put up 14 points. It was uh, you know you were down by three going into halftime. You know, 14, 17. Very manageable game. Very manageable mm-hmm. game at that point. You come out in the second half. You get the ball in the second half. And, uh, you know, uh, midway through the third quarter, you end up putting up a touchdown. Miraculous grab by Duran Bradley. I want to say that. That was such a good play. You know, that was definitely a sports center top 10, without a doubt. Um, you know, like great, great throw by him. Day. You know, it, it was unfortunate it was, that. Uh, it was really nice, man. Yeah, it, it, it was unfortunate that, you know, Barron goes down with an injury and then you have to, you know, bring him in. And, you know, guy, I mean, like being put in that situation, I mean, any of us would fold in that situation. I, I I don't put any any of this loss on Jake Strong. Now, the play calling is one thing I also wanted to allude to as well, too. Now, I've been kind of like, you know, teetering and tottering on the um, Taj Brooks. How, how often should you utilize him? How often, you know, do you utilize the, you know, maybe utilize the other running backs, give them some touches. And Cameron Valdez definitely uh, got his touches. And we'll, we'll get to some of the stats here in just a minute. But yeah, and I was listening to the to the Ramblers podcast, and they're saying like, "Hey, look, not everything on this offense needs to be in the hands of Tosh Books. Like, you cannot allow this man to just like say like, hey, look, you're you're the you're the workhorse of the offense. So yeah, every, everything like everything is not going to be fixed just by handing the ball off to Tosh Brooks. We we need to get that out of our heads. Like, yes, he's a good running back. Yes, we utilize the run game. Yes, we are a running team, but." He's not going to fix everything. This one would have helped out a lot more, I think, if you had given him more touches as well. And same with Cameron Valdez, giving them more touches. Why they chose to continue to air the ball out with Jake Strong, I don't know. When he came to the game, I mean, you know, and I understand like from the side of, you know, you want to play what the defense gives you. You know, and they were stacking up that box, putting seven, eight guys in the box, trying to shut down the run. We were still able to move the ball a little bit, you know, more efficiently that way. But, you know, in that regard, like you, you are still, you're still a running team. And I understand, you know, playing what the defense is giving you. They're stacking that box. Guess what? We're going to air it out. And that's what we did. I would like to see you play more to your strengths when you have a true freshman quarterback in there, you know? Like, you know, get, hand him the ball, H- hand off the ball a lot more, get him a little bit more comfortable in system, have him throw some short passes out to the flats, you know, get his confidence going, get his groove going a lot more than what you were able to do. I feel like that play calling in on, on Kitley's part and, you know, McGuire proved it, of course, because guy go through him. It's like, bro, let, let's let's not have this kid air the ball out so much. Let's get him in a good rhythm, get his confidence up. It's a big moment. He, you know, did not think he was going to start in this game. Nobody really did. Nobody thought we were going to see him pretty much well all year, I think. You know, there was never a moment this season, like, talking preseason ball, like, I thought Jake Strong was going to get in this year. Maybe if we were blowing a team out, like a Tarleton State, you know, 55 to nothing, yeah, Jake Strong gets some touches in there. Why not? You know, that's what anybody would do. Outside of that, though, no, I don't think we expected to see him, you know, play an entire half at football. And I thought he showed some flashes. He had a really good run there. Uh, obviously, we talked about the touchdown pass. He the showed flashes nice. that he can be pretty good, you know. But I think with a full week of preparation, he'll be a lot better. And so, yeah, kind of getting into some of the uh, some of the game statistics here, which I'll pull up here in just a second. Um, I, I want to say this though. I think Jake Strong is going to be a really good quarterback once he gets like some time under his belt and some experience. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. J- j- just the flashes that he showed, I was like, okay, I know he's thrown three interceptions, but like, if he just fixes 
the little things, which I mean, eventually he will, right? He's going to be a really good quarterback. Whether he plays here at Tech or somewhere else, I think he showed like a lot of potential. Yeah, he's a, definitely, he's a definitely. deep thrower. That that's how I kind of see him. He's a, he's really a deep thrower, and his deep throws do look pretty. The ones that were to what was his name? Like a- Akins, uh, Akins? I don't remember. Koi Aiken. There you go. Yes. Good old Koi Aiken, man. Coming up <laughs> with some pretty good grabs uh, off of Jake Strong's uh, throws. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, no, I agree with Nessa. I think the kid's act, he he's definitely talented, and you definitely could see it in in his game. It's just unfortunate that they just yeah, told him to keep gunslinging it. I guess, yeah, that you had to go against. You know, <laughs> um, he's, he's more of a traditional Texas Tech quarterback. Yeah, that's for sure. Definitely, definitely a deep thrower. You could see it in his game. It's cool. It's cool. It just sucks. I wish I would have seen Barron throughout the entire game. It'd be yeah, a different definitely. story, right? So, uh, I mean, are we ever going to have a season when we just have one starting quarterback from week one to the last week? When was the last time? Patrick Mahomes, man. Um, exactly, well, but like 2017. Yes, Nick technically Shimanek. Patrick Mahomes, but I, I, I count 2017. Like I know uh, Shimanek didn't start the last game of the year, but he did come in and win it for you at the very end against Texas, got us to bowl eligibility, and then he started the bowl game. So I count Shimanek. I count 2017. I know it's not Fair technically enough. the right answer, but I, I count that year. Um, but let me get into no, some like other. six years, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, it's been since 2017. So that's crazy. I mean, I've been, I've been, I'd be watching like other teams that probably don't ever go through more than you know, or like that they finish. Week one, week to the last week with the same quarterback. Like, yeah, I just want one season of that. <laughs> <laughs> is that too much to ask, guys? Come yeah, on, like, is that too, like, is that like God? I mean, you apparently, see apparently, what happened last time when we had that, right? So, but uh, let's go ahead and get into some of the some of the game stats on this one. So, uh, you put up 480 yards. Uh, Texas Tech put up 480 yards to, uh, unfortunately, allowed 435 by Kansas State. Uh, you had 23 first downs in this one. Kansas State had 24. Uh, Tech, you, you had virtually the same third down efficiency rating. Uh, you were 4 of 13 on third down. K-State was 4 of 11, so neither one of them could really move the chains on third down. Uh, they were 1-1 one and one on fourth down. You were 3-5 and five, uh, on fourth down conversions. We already mentioned the turnover on downs that you had there. Uh, passing yards, he had 298 through the air uh, to Kansas State's 163. Uh, you threw about 31 more passes than they did. Uh, they were only 14 of 18 completion percentage. Uh, you were 30 of 49, both the uh, quarterbacks combined there. Uh, they had 9.1 yards per pass to your 6.1, obviously with the three interceptions, which, which you know we'll talk about here. Rushing yards, they put uh, 182 on the ground. Uh, they had 272, so they had you beat by about 90 on the ground. Uh, they did have 17 more attempts with 47 than you did with 30. Uh, you had 6.1 yards per rush. They actually, you know, outrushed them, believe it or not, like on yards per rush. You had 6.1, they had 5.8. Penalties were dead even. They uh, Both teams had five penalties for 45 yards. Not ideal, but you know when the other teams make mistakes too, you know you got to be better at capitalizing on it. And one of the big things I've harped on all year long is time of possession. Kansas State held the ball for 32 minutes and 45 seconds to your 27 minutes and 15 seconds. They had the ball virtually five minutes longer than you. Um, you you, you wear your defense that way. That's a good way to wear down your defense. And I've I've always been very 
adamant about controlling the clock, maybe not being so much a hurry up, maybe, you know, taking the air of the ball a little bit, you know, keeping our offense on the field, keeping our defense off the field. After all, I mean, you know, you, you have to feel good about your defense because that is the strength of your team. Didn't really show it today or, or uh, this past Saturday, but, you know, they, they are, they have been the strength of their team. And they'll continue to keep you in games uh, for, for the most part. So uh, let's get, go ahead and get into some, um, some personal stats just by team stats. I will talk about the guy, Jake Strong. You know, he uh, went 16 for 28, 173 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Once again, why why are you why are you airing the ball out 28 times with a true freshman quarterback in the second half? Not even the full game. Second half. You know, I I, I just I I don't quite understand the um, should have been a balanced approach. Yeah, should have been we, definitely we more. Could have should have. Yeah, we're we're in that we're in that talking stage, guys. Uh, Could have should have, right? So continue. <laughs> yeah, Baron Morton went fourteen to twenty one for one twenty five before he got hurt. Uh, so yeah, you managed to go thirty to forty nine for two ninety eight through the air on the ground. Taj Brooks seventeen carries for ninety eight yards. I would like to see that seventeen, maybe up to more towards twenty five carries. You know, I think oh, now twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven carries would have been a lot better. I think. In my regard, take some uh take some of those attempts away from Jake Strong, you know, rushing on the ground, man. Uh, Jake Strong is actually your second leading rusher in this game, believe it or not, with one carry for 54 yards. Uh, that's what we mentioned a little bit earlier. And you know, one of the flashlight show. I mean, Shelly, he can he's got some wheels and he can take off and not afraid to. Uh Cameron Valdez ended up with six carries for 22 yards, and uh, of course, Baron Morton he ended up having uh six carries for eight yards as well. So Receiving, Coy Aiken stepped up this week. He had five receptions for 102 yards. His long was 43. Uh, John Bradley, five receptions, 46 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Miles Price, four for 33 yards. And Xavier White, three receptions for uh, 32 yards as well, too. So, yeah, that was uh, kind of about it. Didn't really hear much from Baylor Cup. Uh, Dre McCray, two receptions for negative three yards. He definitely wants to be a little bit better in that regard. Um, yeah, Baylor Cup only one reception for seven. Yeah, really didn't get much, uh, much else going. Jordan Brown, four for 24. So, yeah, outside of that, but I mean, yeah, like at least almost 10 receivers, 10 different players caught a caught a pass. So, that's not bad. You're uh, sharing the wealth, you know, sharing the wealth. That's what that's what we like to see. Defense, Ben Roberts, as we mentioned, man. Uh, like you mentioned, we, we got another one. Dude's a stud, man. Continues to show out. Led the team in tackles with 11 total tackles, five solo. Uh, Dejon Taylor-Demerson coming up big in this one. Had nine tackles, six solo, and half a tackle for loss. Uh, he combined Come with Malik Dunlap on that for half a tackle Go for loss rabbit. as well. Dunlap had seven total tackles, six solo. Josiah Pierre, seven, uh, two solo, and one tackle for loss. Same thing with uh, Brennan Jordan. The aforementioned Brennan Jordan ended up having six six tackles in this game, five solo, and one tackle for loss as well. Uh, he also had one pass defended too. So yeah, as I mentioned, Brennan Jordan, the true freshman, really stepping up. Steve Linton, where are you, man? Where are you? Where'd you go? Still on the lookout for him, man. Uh, he showed up and then he kind of kind of dipped. So uh, yeah, but he had four tackles, three solo. So not terrible game. <laughs> Made the box score right. Um, yeah, and so that's that's kind of about it. Jalen Hutchings, uh, he had four total tackles, uh, half a tackle for loss, and uh, half a sack too. So, not bad. Not not a bad effort defensively. Could have been better. Obviously, giving up four hundred 
35 yards, not ideal. And especially when you let a true freshman in Avery Johnson, yeah, uh, who uh, actually did not lead his team in rushing. <laughs> he had, it feels like it, right? Uh, he had 13 uh, carries for award. 90 yards and five touchdowns. Not good, man. <laughs> not good. <laughs> Granted, we were we put them in very shitty spots. On we defense. did, yes, we did. So that that didn't help. Like I'm pretty sure a good portion of his touchdowns were all pretty much were, we were in the red zone for them already. If I'm not mistaken, I think yep. like for at least two or three of them. So yeah, yeah, that that definitely doesn't help. That kid's fast though. Don't get it twisted. Hey, quick, he's got some. Uh, he's got some wheels, man. Ah, <laughs> oh, that sucks. Man. He's gonna be a problem for a coming. It's the coming always years, like a, so. it just reminds me of like whenever they switched out um, Alex Delton and for Skylar Thompson, and Skylar Thompson was a huge problem for Texas Tech in the years to come. Never lost to Texas Tech, of course. You know, and it's just like kind of the same thing. Like Will Howard didn't play well. Uh, he went six for nine for 86 yards passing, and that was kind of it. His day was over. Uh, Ever Johnson, eight of nine for 77 yards, uh, no passing touchdowns. They scored all their touchdowns on the ground with Ever Johnson. A uh, guy we did not really have a whole lot of tape on, and, you know, I think now other teams do have some tape on him. The kid's good, man. The kid's going to be a problem for years to come. Uh, their leading rusher was Treshawn Ward, 15 carries, 118 yards, average 7.9 per carry. Um, DJ Giddens, number three, 12 carries, 53 yards, 4.4 on the ground. Receiving the tight end, as, as I mentioned in the last podcast, a guy who I think was really going to give Tex Tech some fits. Ended up getting Tex Tech some fits, man. Ben Sennett, six receptions for 72 yards, uh, followed by Phillip Brooks, four receptions for 47, and then uh, Jace Brown, one reception for 21 yards. So the block that's that kind of a, it's kind of about it in that regard. Uh, of crazy. course, you know, um, uh, their Kansas State defense, you know, Kobe Savage having two interceptions and then VJ Payne also with an interception as well, too. Not fun, you know, not fun to turn the ball over, not fun in this one, but, you know, is what it is. I mean, we, we can kind of sit here and harp a lot more about this, uh, about this game, but honestly, I, I just don't know what good it will do uh, to sit here and keep talking about like the negatives, talking about everything you did wrong. Uh, instead, I think it's just, better for us to go ahead and just kind of move on to our next topic uh where do we go from here and where do we currently stand um, Ball game, 12, baby. i believe uh yeah i mean in, in the big 12 it, you are currently in 10th place uh ninth place sorry Final four bowl game let's go let's go three and four three and four overall two and two in big 12 place so i'll divert the conversation over to you i know i just talked a lot there uh, Zuni, what are your thoughts, man? Man, it's bowler bust, man. Bowler bust. If we don't get a bowl game this year, fire everybody. Hit the reset. I'm joking. Of course, everybody. No, uh, that's really it, man. Let's just still go out, try to have a good football season. You know what I mean? I think what was frustrating about this this loss was that not only did they run it down our throats against the strength of our team, but – we didn't even get our quarterback to finish the game. So that's that that's what makes me sad about that loss. So there goes our, our season as a Big Twelve champions, probably. You know, it was already very small chance to begin <laughs> with, right? Uh especially with the record we had going in going in to K, K- State playing them. Uh that's crazy that we've lost to them so many times and we decided to put this as our homecoming game. I just want to point that out there. It's crazy that 
they had that much confidence, but yeah, sure. Um, is uh, a yeah, question it's... about that. Is the Jones blackout really that intimidating environment anymore? I don't think it is. I mean, I can't. Dang, I don't know Jonas, off the top of my head season, how man. many blackout games you've lost, but it's a only, lot. It is a lot. Is it really that intimidating environment anymore? We just need to go full on white out, do Penn State, but in Lubbock. That'd be <laughs> sick. And then instead of having white pom poms, we get everybody red ones, red and black ones. That'd be sick. Just go. Whoosh, whoosh, Fair, whoosh, yeah. whoosh. You know what I mean? And then everyone saying Raider power, yeah, that'd be sick. No, but uh, it's bowler, it's bowl game or bust at this point, man. We're not, we're not gonna be in contention for Big Twelve championship. Um, so yeah, let's just go get a bowl game, go back to back to back, three, three back to back, and that that's good progress at Texas Tech football because you know, a couple years back, we were just starving to have a positive five hundred season, my dudes. So I, I'll take it. Uh anyone else? Uh Nesto? <laughs> How do you feel going forward uh, now with this tech season? I mean I was honestly hoping we see a progression from last season. And oddly enough, I feel like we're kind of regressing in a sense. Um uh, I'm not a lie. Bowl season right now is just not even enough for me. I I just already feel let down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, I mean, but who knows? I mean, maybe BYU is our get right game. <laughs> oh, scares me. <laughs> Definitely scares me. Uh, honestly, yeah, I'm kind of saying about a Zuni here. Just get to a bowl game at this point like with the way the season's gone i'm like just whatever you gotta do to claw and scratch your way to six wins i don't care what bowl game we go to i don't care if it's the frisco bowl and we play texas state i don't care i don't care if we go to the armed forces bowl and play fresno state i don't care at this point just get to hey, a bowl. that'd be a good game you that'd know be a good game don't sleep fresno state mount west not bad <laughs> they're a good team they're a good team um but yeah i'm kind of in that boat, like I, I just, I, I want to excited to get to a bowl game. I think that would kind of, you know, be like, hey, look, we didn't have the season we wanted, but hey, we got to a bowl game. It's the third one in a row. We have a chance to win three straight bowl games, which I don't even remember the last time we've done that, if we ever even have, because um, our bowl record is not all that great. But um, still, it, it would be some sort of solace to this disappointing start to the year because you're seven games in to the season you kind of are who you are at this point. You know, there's really like, we're about to get into bye week, you know, bye weeks can get a little bit healthier. Maybe we do have a little bit of momentum coming into TCU after our bye week. But you know, right now we got focus on BYU. We got focus on the task ahead. We got focus on traveling out to Provo, being up in the mountains again, being at high altitude again. Didn't play well the first time, you know, the altitude isn't all too much different between um, uh, Wyoming and Provo. It's still very high. It still is a factor though. I believe Wyoming's a little bit, the altitude is a little bit higher than uh, than uh, in Provo, but regardless, though, you got to go in there. You got to take care of business, and we'll get to that game here in just a little bit. But at the moment, right now, yeah, just just whatever you got to do to fight, claw, scratch your way to get three dubs. But to be fair, though, wh- where do you see them coming from? You know, we got BYU next. This game right maybe, now, like maybe Y'all that's tripping. one. I feel good about UCF. Texas, no, not at all. Kansas is real 
50 50 at this point. I mean, they're, they're playing really good football right now. Um, you know, and then of course, TCU team, you that's uh, you know, uh, played the national championship game last year, you got coming to your house, not the same team that they were there. Definitely are. That is a winnable game for Texas Tech, but I'd still say kind of 50 50, you know, coming off a of bye week and everything at that at that moment. So I got you right here, Jonah. I mean, BYU, UCF, TCU, and then we're going to play up to our opponent in UT. And we will decide if we want to be actually good football team or just okay football team with them leaving. So that that's where I'm calling it. I think that's where we get our three wins, and I think we uh, I think we keep it close against UT. Truly, just because it's UT and there's obviously the rivalry. I know they don't like to consider us a a rivalry, but it is what it is. I mean, we've beaten them a couple times, so <laughs> yeah, it is what absolutely. it is. Like I said, so especially recently, so. Yeah, so uh, that's where I think we got our three wins. Uh, maybe Kansas. That that'd be a competitive game. I don't know. Do we have them at home? Or are we? We have be... them in Lawrence in November, we... which also gotcha. kind of makes me a little nervous because gotta go. Play yeah, because we don't, yeah we don't really play well. Uh, yeah. in Lawrence either. To be honest with you, so no, we played fine there in the past when they were you know Kansas. Now they're not. This is in your this is in your college Kansas team. This is actually a pretty dang good Kansas squad. So uh, you know they got you home, and you know they're looking to get a looking to get dub against you. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, Nesta, what about you, man? Um, about what? Can you can you find three dubs in this season? You don't oh. even want a bowl game. You don't even want a bowl game, right? So okay, well, or not I mean, that you like, don't want a bowl game. It's just yeah. A it's just, I mean, it's just like what 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 good does it do at this point? Like, like it, it, it's just another bowl game. Like it, to me. Um, I mean, our record eight. We're eight and four last season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, we were eight and five, or eight and five, right? Because we won the bowl game, but we were seven and five heading into that. But uh, I mean, like, I I, I can see us being BYU. Uh, TCU's fifty fifty. It's just gonna be one of those games. And same thing with Kansas. I am 50-50. 50-50 again. And then, you know, I feel really confident against UCF. And that last game against Texas, I, I, I know it's just – Dude, it's it, a lot. They, they, Maybe they I'm being seem too like the bigger I team. But I, I really do think that game's going to be closer than people think. So um, I do too, man. I do too, and I hope it is because yeah, I'm gonna be at that game, and I don't want to walk out like I did in 2021. You know, when they best by oh, that was horrible. Yeah, I stay for the whole thing because I'm a true fan. Me too. Boots on the ground. <laughs> See, we're, we're true fans, Nesto and I. <laughs> Where were y'all being around all those Longhorn fans during that? Was oh, it's so annoying. Pretty embarrassing. Not gonna lie. I wanted to leave so bad, but I was like. Nah, I'm already here. <laughs> <laughs> How I much were the tickets, up. man? I was going to say, I bet that had a little incentive too. They'd be charging outrageously. I know, yeah, to. especially this year too. I mean, they're that, that, let's say they're outrageously priced, you know. But golly, we'll do see I get how it goes, man. Do I get a picture with Bevo too? <laughs> Shit, do right? I, do I get to cook them, <laughs> dude? For real, do I love I get that, to, dude. I gotta take a bite. <laughs> Like my shit medium rare, dude. Let's go. Um, so uh, we don't give out game balls, of course. Let's go ahead and move on to that. But we do got standouts. 
uh, standout performances, guys. I'll start with you, Zuni, man. Who is who's your standout performer that you'd like to highlight? Um, God, do I want to? Let's see. You know what? I'll go with, I'll go with Koi. 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 It was nice. It was nice to see him ball out to, you know, get a couple catches in. Not bad. Soft hands. I do like that about the kid. You know what I mean? You know me about my soft hands. Just saying. He's not <laughs> leading in the in the award, but yeah. I mean, honestly, I'll what receiver is at this point, you know? <laughs> I don't know, man. They, they, they keep taking turns each week who wants to have it. Truly, as of right now, it's between – it might be between Miles Price and maybe one of the tight ends if they if they keep it going throughout the rest of the season. Solely because they've come up in probably the most crucial third downs that I've seen. And in a season where we've struggled to get third downs sometimes, uh, I feel like it's either been some of our tight ends, whether it's a Mason Tharp of recently or a uh, Miles Price, you know. So shoot, even Baylor Cup. Fair. So Fair. that's a that's kind of who I feel like is kind of in the the lead for that but yeah no koi aiken's looking nice he's had a couple good catches too throughout the season prior to this game so um yeah i mean yeah everyone has and they've all had a big catch here there so but um yeah that's uh that's who's who's leading i guess you could say but yeah what about y'all man nesto who's your standout of the week uh, I'm just gonna give it to Taj Brooks, man. He's a <laughs> Taj. He's a he's he's a he's a lone shining bright light in a very dark tunnel. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> I get you, man. I get you. Um, I'm, my standout of the week is gonna actually go to Brennan Jordan, the true freshman. Came in here. Uh, this is like his. Uh, he, he's appeared in several games, but this is like his first start, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I mean, he had you know, six great. tackles, five solo, you know, one tackle for loss, uh, one pass defend. I mean, yeah, I, I got to give this one to Brennan Jordan. I felt like he um, really stepped in for, uh, I believe, C.J. Baskerville uh, because he was out this week. Did a good job mm-hmm. filling for him uh, for the most part, at least in the in, in the passing game. Not so much in the running game, but hey, nobody did in the running game. So can't really <laughs> you know, give a standout for that one. So, yeah, mine's going to go to Brendan Jordan this week. All right. So let's go ahead and move on, shift the conversation to our next opponent in BYU. But before we do that, though, I uh, had the chance to speak with a couple guys from a BYU podcast, you know, kind of similar to our Texas Tech podcast. Uh, I got to interview Dylan and Chris from the Cougar Talk podcast, a BYU sports podcast, of course. Uh, They were here to give us some insight on this Saturday's matchup. So, yeah. Here y'all go. Hope you enjoy the uh, conversation we had. All right, let's get this one started. I am joined here today by Dylan and Chris, the guys behind the Cougar Talk podcast, where they break down everything surrounding BYU sports, who are here today to talk to us about this weekend's matchup between the BYU Cougars and the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So guys, how y'all doing today? Doing well. Excited to be on. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. (laughs) <laughs> definitely definitely so uh i guess let's just go ahead and jump right on into this one uh so just kind of want to rewind the clocks back a little bit you know a couple of years ago at this point uh so of course byu's first season in the big 12 uh when it was initially announced that you guys were moving to a power five conference what was your immediate reaction when that news broke start with you uh dylan yeah for me you know it, it had been rumored around just a little bit in the past you know we all know the history between BYU and the Big 12, but then just as it led up to it, even more rumor circulating about. And so to me, when it was announced, it was almost like relief. Like, 
finally, like we know the direction we're heading, we're getting out of independence. It was fun, but we have a short conference that we're going to belong in. So for me, it's just super excited, super relieved almost. And, you know, immediately in my head, it's, you know, the thought is I'd much rather have some fun, exciting games versus teams like Texas tech versus TCU versus Oklahoma state rather than games against teams like Liberty, East Carolina, coastal Carolina. So I was thrilled, you know, it's a, it's a fantastic opportunity and it has not disappointed yet. So. That was good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah. One thing, one thing I remember from that weekend that we got invited to the big 12, we were playing Utah that weekend and right before the game, like a a day before we got invited to the big 12. So we're already celebrating that we go out and play Utah, beat them 26 to 17, snap a nine game losing streak. It might've been the best weekend of my life. I won't lie. Well, that's awesome, awesome. Especially when you can snap a streak to a uh, to a to an arch rival. I mean, that's always uh, always a good feeling. Always a good feeling. Plus, I uh, heard that because um, obviously I'm pretty I'm I'm very much well addicted to Twitter. I'm on that app more than I need to be. Uh, but uh, you know, obviously Utah kind of coming on over to the conference. I know we'll get to this one in just a little bit, but I gotta say, man, um, you know, I'm I'm not. I'm more thrilled that BYU is joining as opposed to I am thrilled that Utah is joining. We'll get to that one in just a bit. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to have you all in the conference. Uh, BYU, of course, is pretty national. I'd say even international brand. Definitely the biggest one of the four that decided to join. So yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was very thrilled that BYU decided to and uh, that the administration was able to uh, make it happen as well, too. So I, w- I was very, very relieved to, to, to hear that. I was very excited. Um, so kind of... You know, talking about BYU, talking about BYU football, you know, of course, coming off a pretty, pr- pretty deflating loss. We'll call it what it is uh, to the to TCU, you know, Cougs sitting at four and two on the season as y'all, you know, uh, are at the halfway point in the season. You know, what is your initial impression of this BYU team and where you see this team trending as you enter the back half of the year? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I kind of looked at it as I broke it up between, you know, before our bye week and then after our bye weeks, we had our bye week before the TCU game. And and for me, you know, I was, I was taking a look at it beforehand saying, you know, expectations for this team are already pretty low. I would love to get a bowl game in our first season as a power five conference member. And so, you know, sitting here at four and two, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm thrilled that we're four and two, but at the same time, it's kind of interesting because we feel like we're pretty disappointed to be at four and two, you know, we don't feel like we've performed at our best. So kind of mixed feelings here where we've kind of, you know, beat expectations. And at the same point, we've, you know, kind of set these expectations for ourselves that we're not hitting quite yet either. Sort of, you know, players aren't playing at the best of their ability that we know they can play at, you know, certain situations where we're just not playing discipline, where we know we should be a disciplined team. So, you know, at this point in the season, you know, I'm feeling pretty all right, you know, could be a lot better, could be a lot worse. And I do think we're pretty fortunate to have some of our wins. But at the same point, I think some of those wins are also very earned. But I I don't know if Chris feels any differently about that. (laughs) Yeah, this team is somewhat of an enigma. We're like you said, four and two, it's a good record to have. But we had the 14-0 loss or 14-0 win to Sam Houston State with kind of an underwhelming offensive performance. Bounced back a little against SUU. A great win over Arkansas in a game that we got pretty much outplayed in every facet of the game. We somehow come away with a win there. 
get beat down by Kansas a little bit and then the win against Cincinnati. The hard part is that the wins against Cincinnati and Arkansas, we got outplayed in just about every facet of the game. And so being able to sneak away with a win feels a little bit lucky. So we will take wins. And if we're able to pull out games like that and get the six wins, it's a great feeling. But it does feel a little bit scary knowing that we could easily be two and four right now rather than four and two. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what good teams do. Good teams always find ways to win down the stretch. And it uh, feels like you guys have done just that. And, uh, you know, hey, it's uh, always good to be on the winning side of those of uh, those close games. You know, I wish uh, Texas Tech could, uh, could have a similar record to y'all's. Uh, I, I really do <laughs> wish we did. Um, but uh, kind of a, just kind of, kind of shifted gears a little bit in this conversation. Uh, so I kind of started getting familiar with BYU around the uh, Bronco Mendenhall era. Of course, you know, he was uh, responsible for, you know, many good seasons there at BYU. Decided to leave for Virginia. In comes Kalani Satake. Uh, outstanding hire. You know, guy's absolute class act. He has a lot of respect around the country and even across the Big 12, especially. Um, you know, outside of 2017, seems to be allergic to losing seasons. You know, how would you gauge uh, Coach Satake's performance thus far and what's kind of been uh, the biggest difference between these two eras in your opinion yeah in my opinion he's been incredible so far he's been a great hire a big thing is kind of the energy around the team he just brings that energy that fire you can always tell he's fired up he loves all of his players and he stands up for all of them so I think that's the biggest difference is just seeing him energized on the sideline. Bronco Mendenhall was known for being stone cold, straight faced, wouldn't smile during the games. And it's a complete 180 with Kalani. I think a lot of the players love that. So that's what I love about him the most there. Yeah, kind of just piggybacking off of that a little bit. I actually, I talked somewhat recently with someone who played for both coaches and then had brothers who played for Bronco. And that's kind of the biggest difference that I've heard from them is just it feels a lot more like not only does Kalani bring that positive energy and everything, but he also connects really well with the players. And, you know, that's his whole, his whole thing is love and learn. And I think that's very seen, you know, by the public, but also more so internally, I think, you know, players recognize that with Kalani and, you know, even just to the point where there were, you know, people who, you know, I think, felt a little bit of a disconnect with Broncos because Bronco had his favorite guys. And then, you know, if you weren't one of his favorite guys, from what I've heard, you know, maybe you didn't connect with him as well. But Kalani, I feel like, has grown that relationship with every player, no matter the level they're at on the team. And, you know, the big thing is I think recruits see that even more so. And I think it helps pick up the recruiting a little bit more with that positive energy and seeing that relationship that, you know, these players get to grow with Kalani and, it's it's working so far. He's getting dudes in the league, so it's been good to see. Absolutely, absolutely. You guys continue to pump out a lot of NFL talent out there. I believe Class Talk, is he is he a BYU grad as well? Yep, he's he's a BYU alumni. BYU, he was, uh, yes, you know he uh, he bleeds that royal blue and white man, uh, which by the way is an amazing blue. I believe y'all are wearing that this weekend. Fantastic, man. It's going to be a very, very visually appealing matchup. I hope Texas Tech busts out the all reds. Like, that'd be really cool. It's very, uh, very just aesthetically appealing, you know, at least. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Gl- glad to hear, man. Glad to hear. Uh, you know, I mean, of course, that's every head coach's dreams of coach the alma mater. And uh, especially when they start having success. I mean, that, that just makes everybody happy, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I don't want to talk to you guys. Uh, so, I uh, started getting a lot of followers on uh, uh, from BYU from the BYU fan base, of course, really due to really kind of stemmed from a tweet that kind of blew up of mine, uh, where I, I posted. Like, so I'm, I'm a big 
uh, Taysom Hill fan because I'm a big Saints fan. Um, so I was posting some uh, just like a random clip of uh, their win over Texas uh, several years back. I think it was in 20, was it 2014, 2015, something like that. Um, but basically just the game where he just absolutely goes off. And I've had phenomenal interactions with everybody on BYU Twitter, uh, from BYU fans just everywhere. And I'm pretty sure they're you know just as awesome in person as they are online. Uh, however, Flip it around when it comes to Utah, though. You know, the, the schools aren't uh, aren't that far apart. You know, only about an hour drive apart. Uh, you know, from Provo to Salt Lake. Um, but you know, I, I got to ask, like, since you guys are rivals and everything, and you you would have more in depth knowledge of this. But I mean, I've just not had good interactions with people from Utah, any Ute fan whatsoever. Um, in your opinion, though, uh, and <laughs> I know you guys can probably rant on about this for a good while. Um, but in your opinion, what's kind of the most annoying thing about Utah fans? Yeah, I mean, you kind of nailed it on the head. I could talk about this for an entire <laughs> series of podcast episodes, let alone just a few minutes here. Um, to preface this, I will say there are some U fans that are great people. You know, that's good. There, there's U fans that I know personally outside of social media, alongside some U fans that I've met through Twitter that, you know, they, they've made a positive impact on my life and they're, they're good people. But, you know, there are a lot louder um, opposite yes. U fans out there. You know, I think I found a tweet a tweet today actually that I'll read real fast that kind of explains exactly how it feels. Um, I won't say who it is because they don't deserve a shout out. But <laughs> this this Ute fan tweeted how it's crazy to go from being the darlings of the Pac-12 to the villains of the Big 12, and I think that kind of point paints a picture perfectly that these Ute fans a lot of times on social media view themselves as a lot better than they are. You know, I think. They view themselves as these amazing people that everybody in the Pac-12 loves. And I'm not sure everybody in the Pac-12 agrees with that one. And, you know, just on that same point, they kind of, you know, talk like they're a blue blood team who is kind of benefited from a little bit of an off year in the Pac the past couple seasons. You know, they they had good seasons, but it's it's hard to see how much of that is also being affected by other Pac-12 teams having off seasons. So you know, I feel like they, they're a little bit, you know, cockier than is sometimes deserved. And, you know, another point to that fact, I think that also kills me is when some Ute fan on Twitter will say something pretty off base and get the reactions for it and even have Utah fans calling them out for it. And then it brings up the whole, you know, oh, well, not all fans are like this. You know, this doesn't represent yeah. our entire fan base. And I get that. But at the same point, you know, a lot of the times I see it from you fans, it comes from you accounts that have a large following. So, you know, there's somewhat a good group of people that do agree somewhat with what is said there. So, you know, as, as much as there is good, there are some fans that, as you've seen, some you fans that kind of just have a lot to say and are very loud about it. So. I hear you. I hear you. Would you, uh, how would you follow that up, Chris? Yeah, Dylan summed it up pretty perfectly there. <laughs> a lot of it's just kind of the attitude of like being better than better than the Big Twelve. Like you hear Kyle Whittingham talk every now and then. Whenever whenever he gets asked a question about the Big Twelve, it's kind of like, oh, we don't know where we're going to be in two years. Like we could be in the Big Ten. So all the fans kind of follow along with that and act high and mighty, too good for the Big Twelve. Which we came in super appreciative to be in the Big Twelve. Like we're just happy to be here, happy to have our new conference mates where they're coming and they don't want to be here. Just there's two completely different attitudes there, and it's hard to kind of reconcile that, especially when you're direct rivals with them. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I will say you guys are a little bit, uh, you know, um, uh, I, I wouldn't say like, uh, you're definitely a lot lighter than I would be. Like if you were to talk about like, you know, Hey, what's the most annoying thing about UT fans? I could rant on about that for an hour and I would not have a single positive thing to say, but I mean, you guys are, uh, you're pretty, <laughs> pretty, um, you know, paced in that regard too. So, I mean, it's, it's always good to hear, you know, you're able to see the bigger picture of it all too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I will say I have not, uh, you know, personally had any great interactions with them. I'm pretty sure, you know, like you said, there's, they're, they're probably really good people out there as well too. Just the latter ones get the, uh, you know, squeaky wheel gets all the grease, you know, essentially. So, um, so yeah, that's, it's kind of in that regard for UT, for UT fans as well too, as well as Utah fans. Um, but I guess kind of, you know, getting into this week's mashup, you know, first time we're talking about this, uh, this one so far, but, um, you know, I guess, uh, what are your overall thoughts about this matchup? What do you expect from the outside looking in, um, you know, maybe we're, maybe what are some, uh, areas that this, uh, Texas Tech team could potentially give you some problems in? Yeah. I'll yeah. Actually... So just kind of starting up, I'm. Uh, just starting off, I am terrified of Todd Brooks. That guy is rushing for like six yards per carry. Our linebacking core is a little bit depleted with injuries. We're on like our seventh string starting safety. So we have a lot of holes on our defense. And I think the run game of Texas Tech could pose a huge problem. And then in addition, you have two receivers that have four touchdowns receiving on the year. Our secondary, usually it was good. Like the first five games, great, no problems at all. But last game against TCU, we found a lot of holes. One of our best corners was consistently getting picked on all game long. And so that's now become kind of an area of concern. The entire defense in general is kind of in a rough spot. So I I would look for Texas Tech's offense to go out and be able to run the ball, score a lot of points, and BYU might have a hard time stopping them. Yeah, kind of, you know, on that same point, I think the easy answer for me is, of course, you know, our running defense is not great. Everybody knows that. And I think it's very clear in our tape that teams can run the ball over us as much as they want to. But, you know, one thing that really worried me last week against TCU was is kind of the opposite where they didn't need to run all over us because they were able to pass all over us. And that that's where, you know, one of my big concerns is actually um, your receiver, Bradley. He's a big dude. He he's a mismatch nightmare, honestly, for our defense a little bit because, you know, we have some good cornerbacks. We have Jacob Robinson. We have Eddie Hecker, dudes that are, you know, great players that make these plays. But there are, you know, they're on the smaller side a little bit. And, you know, where we are so depleted at the safety spot, you know, I, I do worry about getting, you know, just picked off the top every play. I, I think, you know, we we struggle with that pass defense already as it is and where you have, you know, these receivers that are good players, I do think that, you know, you'll see a good passing game from Texas Tech this week. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping BYU's defense gets it figured out a little bit. Understood. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, uh, I, I kind of want to kind of, I guess, uh, segueing into this conversation uh, as far as uh, players on BYU, I wanted to highlight uh, specifically one guy in particular, running back LJ Martin, uh, been a real pleasant surprise, I'm sure, for you guys. Uh, he was actually originally a Texas Tech commit before he flipped to Stanford and from Stanford to BYU, I believe. And so, yeah, he was, uh, he's, he's been an absolute stud on the year. I know he's got, a, he leads all his team in rushing. Um, yeah, but just been all over the place, very dominant player, very dominant runner. Um, what is your take on his performance so far this season? 
Yeah, LJ himself as a player, super dynamic runner. He brings a lot of energy and life to this team. He started out as our running back three on the depth chart, and in our first game against Sam Houston, we could not get the run going at all. We tried our second string back, and then we brought LJ in in the third quarter, and he had a bunch of carries for a bunch of yards, really opened up the offense. The only issue has been the offensive line in front of him. Doesn't have a lot of holes to run through. So his numbers, he'll have a bunch of two-yard rushes, one-yard rushes, three-yard rushes. Then he'll break one off for 50 yards and have a good yards per carry. But in reality, most of the runs aren't as effective because the offensive line isn't helping him. But I'm excited to see he's a freshman. And so if we can get the line in front of him, he's going to have a great career. Absolutely, no doubt. He's one of those guys where once we were in the running to get him, I was very high on him. Um you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because we, we had all of our scholarships used up. We had actually a running back. Can't remember who exactly it was, but they were committed to us and they committed and we used that scholarship on LJ. And so, you know, a big thank you to that player for giving us LJ and a big thank you to Stanford for giving us LJ. And I guess I should say Texas Tech as well. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's been interesting because, you know, going into the year, he's one of those players where, you know, he has a super bright upside, super bright future. And it's almost one of those guys where you're like, if we can get, you know, these experienced guys going well, maybe we hold on to a red shirt for him and have him in the future even more so. And then, you know, like Chris said, that first game against Sam Houston, we couldn't get anything going. You know, we have a 1,000 yard rusher transfer with Aiden Robbins, who came over from UNLV. He was struggling getting things going. And there's talks about him being injured and things. And, you know, whatever it is, he couldn't get it going, though. And so LJ really stepped up and it was, you know, it's been super impressive, though, as a true freshman, you know, that he's been able to take all of these reps and, you know, just have a lot of maturity, I would say, is the biggest thing. Like, he understands the role that he stepped up into and he understands where he fits in in this offense and is just ready to do his job, whether that's pass blocking as much as possible or breaking off a couple runs whenever necessary. So, you know, he's, he's been very impressive and I'm excited to see, you know, where his career leads to. Yeah, I think he's going to be big nightmare for defenses in the Big 12 moving forward. That's that's definitely for sure. Uh, you, you just kind of see it now, man. He is as advertised four star running back coming out of high school out there in El Paso. And uh, yeah, he's been he's been absolutely as advertised uh, for for you guys. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's 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 going to pop off. Definitely. I can see him uh, so far on the trajectory of uh, potentially being a being a pretty good NFL running back. Um, kind of wanted to uh, get into the uh, quarterback battle that we got going on here. Very interesting one. Uh, interesting, you know, quarterbacks facing off uh, Texas Tech. Most likely, I would say, going to have true fresh, our true freshman Jake Strong, possible Baron Morton. He is a game time decision, uh, and of course BYU with uh, Keaton Slovis. Uh, you know, guys, you know, kind of bounced around a little bit. You know, started at USC, went to Pittsburgh, now at BYU. A little bit of a journeyman, but I mean, he's still been pretty solid throughout the year. Um, you know, what's been um, kind of your uh, your take on uh, on his performance this season? Yeah, I think you know Keating gets a lot of critique from us BYU fans actually, and I don't think all of it is entirely deserved. You know, already just off the fact that he's brand new in the system. It's, it's all new to him as well. And so it's already a tough position for any type of player to be in. And he's, he's really doing a good job. You know, I would say last week is only his, is really his only terrible game. You know, he, he didn't really have a great game against TCU. I think his QBR was like nine and that's the lowest I've seen in a long time. And so, you know, I do think he gets a lot of critique from us BYU fans because we're used to guys like Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall who are 
not only, you know, better players overall, but there are a lot more, you know, run threats or more dual threat guys that, you know, they add a little bit more of a weapon there on our offense and they can extend a lot more plays. And so, you know, I think us BYU fans are used to seeing that and we don't see it from Keaton. So we're quick to jump the gun a little bit, but I think overall, you know, the struggles that our offense has aren't entirely reliant on him. And I do think he's won us a lot more games than he's lost us. You know, he's doing a great job in this new situation. And you you can kind of tell that there are some growing pains a little bit in the system with our offensive coordinator. This is, you know, an offensive system that really takes care of the ball as much as possible and doesn't take too many risky shots. And Keaton likes to take those deep risky shots wherever possible. Some of his throws, you can tell, you know, it's high risk, high reward type of play, and he likes those. And so you can tell he's having to hold back from some of those during games. And so that to me is at least evidence that, you know, he's still working his way through and getting comfortable in the system. And I, I do think he deserves a little bit more leniency and a little bit more patience from fans. And, and honestly, I'm hoping that this week is a good bounce back game for him because he, he's one of those guys that we need to have a good rest of the season for us to find success because we are very reliant on him. You know, we have our run game struggles and a lot of that, is solved by using the pass game to open up the run game. That's something we talk a lot about on our podcast is we're kind of the opposite where a lot of teams use the run game to open up the pass. We use the pass to open up the run. And that's because of the trust we have in Keaton, I think. But, you know, Chris, Chris is actually a lot more, you know, high football IQ than I am. Chris understands ball a little bit more than I do. So maybe he has a little bit more in-depth analysis, but that, that's kind of my analysis just from, you know, personality and, you know, just, I guess, momentum standpoint is he keeps us in games. Yeah, just kind of going off that. A lot of fans are, or not a lot of fans, but every now and then you hear somebody calling for his job saying that he should be benched. I think Keaton Slovis is directly responsible for at least three of our wins so far. I think he's he's, he's good at throwing the ball as any quarterback out there he can hit balls that he needs to the game against Cincinnati the first half was pretty abysmal until the very last drive of the first half we had one minute left and he hit three throws of 20 plus yards down the field after that he had a great second half and basically won us the entire game just like that Uh, the numbers on the year are they're not bad they might be a little underwhelming but 10 touchdowns four interceptions averaging over 200 yards a game it's enough to get the job done for sure so I like Keaton I'm not super worried about him and then just going to the other side of the quarterback battle, I was looking at your guys' quarterbacks. Jake Strong, he had kind of a bad game, the one game that he played. The three interceptions are a little bit rough there. I would be interested to see how he would play in a full game, kind of knowing if he's going to get the start or not. I think he can be good, but it might be an opportunity for the BYU defense to kind of take advantage of some things if he is inexperienced and kind of coming into a hostile environment, Provo and night. October game. It's going to be tough. So I'm excited to see who is starting for you guys in that game. But if it's Jake Strong, there is an opportunity for BYU there. Absolutely. And kind of going back to what uh, Luke Dillon was alluding to, you know, uh, Keaton Slovis being this uh, high risk, high reward. I mean, that's exactly how I describe our quarterbacks thus far in the season, not just, you know, Baron Morton or Jake Strong or, uh, I mean, even Tyler Shuck. I mean, in the games that he played, I mean, that's exactly what we are. That's what we've been for a long time, you know, taking those very risky shots, which if, you know, if, if they hit, you know, it's great. You get big yardage, you even get some touchdowns out of it. But at the same time, you know, I was worried about that, uh, that ball being picked off and, you know, our, uh, and receivers not being able to take care of it. So really is high risk, high war. We've been living on that edge for a long time, which I don't love, but I do like the aggressiveness, I will say, uh, when it comes to uh, that kind of uh, 
that kind of play style there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Keaton Slovis is a is you know very much well. I, I, I hold him in very high regard. I think he's a solid quarterback. Uh, I thought he was a great guy to transfer when he uh, because I believe I remember when he initially announced that he was uh, going to BYU. Um, you know, I, I don't know like kind of what happened there at Pitt. Maybe just not a you know. Not the right system, not the right fit for him. But uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I thought I was like, oh dang, be always gonna be scared this year with the uh, Keaton Slovis there, because I, I do remember him uh, in um in uh, USC back when uh, I think it was Graham Harrell's a coordinator there. So I mean, kind of, of course, being a tech fan, I follow Graham Harrell all the time. But uh, <laughs> so that's just you know what we do out there. But um, yeah, kind of getting um in this one, you know, Texas Tech, of course. Coming in this matchup, I think is a really interesting line coming in as a four and a half point favorite over under 52. Um, you know, I obviously, like you said, you know, Lavelle Edwards is going to be a really hostile environment at night. It's all homecoming game, too. Uh, place is definitely a very formidable atmosphere. And I'm, uh, I'm, I, I honestly can't wait to see it. You know, I can't wait to be in that stadium. I've definitely seen pictures online, gorgeous, you know, mountains in the background. I mean, I'm sure pictures don't even do it justice to be honest with you. So I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, being there in person for this game, but, uh, going back to the line though, four and a half there, man. Um, I don't know how much betting, uh, you guys do, uh, personally, but you know, what would you take there? So really quick, the lines actually slid to three since then. So oh, really? We're okay. Going to do a point and a half. Yeah, the lines <laughs> at three right now. There we go. Regardless, I think I I think I take Texas Tech with the points. I love BYU, but I don't know how well we're going to bounce back from this. I mean, we are great at night games. We are great at home, but this team has a little too many holes for me to be really confident in how this game will go. But I definitely do think we could pull out a win. Just not super confident in that there. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I that that's another thing about Chris and I is Chris is very realistic with football. I'm full blue goggles all the time. You know, I drink that <laughs> blue Kool-Aid as people like to say. You know, I'm gonna go the opposite. I do think the biggest difference here is gonna be our home field advantage. And I think, you know, a big role of this is gonna be who you start at quarterback. And I think if you got your backup in, then I, I, I do think BYU has a good shot to win this. I think it'll be very close. Um but I, I, I'm going to predict that BYU wins here. So, yeah, okay. I, I, I'm not as great at the football knowledge as Chris, but I'm going with my gut here. So, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Feel free to be as candid as you can here. I definitely have a couple of co-hosts on this podcast that are very much well. Uh, they're very much big, uh, big Texas Tech homers. I'm really more the realist on my side and what I think the score is going to be. Um, at least in my score predictions, they always give me a ton of crap for it, but. You know, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to give you my honest take regardless of, you know, if it's for Texas Tech, if it's against Texas Tech, uh, it's what it is. Uh, but, yeah, I guess let's get into some score predictions, man. I guess we'll start with you, Chris. Uh, you know, what, uh, what do you think the final score is going to be here? Yes. So kind of looking at your guys' games, when you win, you win big. And when you lose, usually it's a pretty close game. If I'm taking a Texas Tech win, I think you guys probably get us by 10 points i'd say i'd probably go 33 23 i'll go a weird score there interesting okay okay <laughs> what about you Dylan? yeah like i said i'm going with with my bias take here i i have byu winning 27 to 24 close game um but i i do think it's going to come down to really our home field advantage here you know really hoping that you know in in my mind the way it plays out is we're going to get a lead close to the end of the game, Texas Tech is going to have their shot to drive the field. 
crowd's going to play a big role in our defense, getting a necessary stop. So I have BYU winning 27-24. Yeah, gotcha. I, I definitely hear that. I think it can – honestly, like, I, if I'm – I, I I do I do like to bet like sec, but like honestly, I'm really nervous. Like, do I really even want to this week? Because I mean, like, I I just don't know, man. I mean, this is one that could really go either way, in my in my opinion. Um, I'm hoping that I get to leave uh, Provo with the uh, w- with a win. You know, having uh, you know taking the plane ride out all the way out there. Um, but man, I just I I don't know with the way this team is. I think with the you know, like you mentioned our quarterback situation is it going to be Jake Strong? Is it going to be Baron Morton? Um, yeah, I believe you know, you might have to prepare for both. Uh, but how does Jake Strong do in a hostile environment? You know, with the full week of preparation, I think really um, what's going to make a big difference here is going to be how Texas is going to respond uh, after last week's just absolute beatdown that we had at uh, at home against Kansas State. How is BYU going to respond after that beatdown on the road at TCU? You know, both these teams kind of coming into this one with a big chip on the shoulder, a lot more to prove, very focused, very energized. So I think that's going to be an extremely big factor in this game. You know, who's going to respond better? You know, who's going to bounce back better? Uh, from what I know and from like my history of uh, you know watching BYU, they'd never really put up back-to-back bad performances. I think BYU is going to have a really good performance in this one. Um, but... In the end, I think Texas Tech gets a dub. <laughs> uh, but I, I think uh, I, I got to win by uh, 34 to 30. That's that's kind of my final score. I can honestly see that score being flipped too. You know, BYU 34, Texas Tech 30. Uh, it's kind of about the range I have it right there. But yeah, man, I am um, still regardless. I'm super excited to head on out there. I've been uh, looking forward to this trip for, uh, for, for a very long time now. Uh, I think I bought my tickets in July. So yeah. Definitely, definitely looking forward to to going out there. I always try to go to at least one one new stadium a year, and uh, this is this is that one. So I'm absolutely looking forward to it. Um, I guess before I get into uh, the last one, the uh, last question I have for y'all. Um, I mean, in your opinion, you know, what are some places that I need to go to? I have to check out if I'm in Provo. Uh, whether I mean, it could be any food places, it can be you know uh, scenery places. Pumpkin patches. I don't know, man. Like just whatever you, uh, whatever you guys have recommended, man, that uh, I should check out, man. Uh, I'm definitely open to it. Yeah. If you're a hiking kind of guy, hiking the Y in the morning, the day of the game, that's a super cool hike being out there looking out over the Provo Valley. That's super fun. Uh, if you're not going to get ice cream at the game, the creamery, BYU's creamery, world renowned. You have to try Grand Canyon ice cream. Best ice cream I've ever had. So those are your two things from me. Awesome, awesome. Love ice cream, dude. I'm big, big fan of ice cream. <laughs> yeah, for, for me, I would say the creamery is a big one. I love the creamery as well because I'm also that way. I love ice cream. Um, on the same point of food, I, I always recommend checking out Bam Bam's barbecue. You know, most people on Twitter will tell you about Bam Bam's, I'm sure, from BYU. So that's that's a pretty popular one around there. And then I'm I'm actually gonna go, you know, when you're in the stadium. One thing I do want to make sure Texas Tech fans are aware of if you're at the game, um, we have our cougar tails that we're pretty known for, the foot-long maple donuts. We're going to have cougar tails with bacon on them this week. So it's a one-game-only type of thing. I'm excited for that personally. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it out to the game or not. If I'm not able to make it out, though, I'm going to make sure Chris grabs one of those for me because I love cougar tails already. I love bacon, so I feel like that's going to be a pretty good combo there. So that would be my recommendation. 
Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, I just wrote that one down. Uh, I'm going to put that on a checklist when I get to the, get to the stadium. The first thing I grab, honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really do appreciate it. I'll definitely check those out. And uh, yeah, I mean, I hope it uh, hope it lives up to the rep. You know, I'm definitely excited about this one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, go ahead and um, you know, why don't you guys tell me a little bit about your podcast? You know, what uh, really kind of sparked the uh, idea to start? Because I believe you guys are relatively new uh, podcasts um, out there. So kind of what made you guys decide to you know, go ahead and start a BYU podcast? What was the inspiration behind it? And of course, you know, feel free to drop your socials as well, too. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, kind of before the season, we kind of talked about it hypothetically as one of our other buddies. And, you know, it kind of got to a point where I was I was like, you know, we got to get this started soon because the season's starting. And so we kind of quickly got it, you know, put together fast. We rushed into it a little bit and this is our first season doing it. But yeah, we we talk a lot about BYU football specifically, but then we always make sure we spend a lot of time talking about teams outside of BYU you know, we make predictions about games outside of the BYU game for that week. You know, kind of the vibes we try to keep with it is almost like you're at a tailgate, keeping track of other games that are going on, but also getting ready for your own game. So, you know, we love it so far. We're having a ton of fun with it. You know, we have just an Instagram and Twitter account right now. It's at Coog Talk Podcast. And we post, you know, hype videos. We post questions for BYU fans and any college football fans in general. So make sure... Anybody listening goes and gives those a follow. And yeah, we just post weekly episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And yeah, that we, we I will also plug, we also have our website, cougartalkpodcast.com, has all of our links there as well, as well as a link if, you know, anybody is interested for any reason. I'm not sure any tech fans would be interested, but also, you know, ways to subscribe to Coug Connect as well, which is a great company for BYU, so... Gosh, man, gosh, you got the website going, man. That's one thing I have not uh, not gotten to, and we've uh, been doing this and going on two years now. So yeah, definitely yeah, haven't quite quite gotten there yet. But that's that's, that's awesome, man. Hey, you never know, you never know. I mean, some tech fans might be interested. You never know, man. Support the Big Twelve, support your Big Twelve brothers, man. Everything. Uh, anything you care to add on to that, Chris? No, I'm just having fun talking BYU football. It's fun to be able to just talk sports and have people listen every now and then, kind of interact with us. So been a good time absolutely absolutely and uh, i really want to uh, thank you guys so much for uh, coming on to this podcast i really do appreciate it i always try to uh get at least uh you know a couple people from everybody that Texas tech plays in football you know try to get you know, uh, you know certain uh, fan podcasts on uh, from this one just kind of talking about the game getting a little more inside information and uh yeah i mean it, it was it was wonderful absolutely wonderful chat with you guys uh, as i mentioned you know i'm super excited about the trip um any final thoughts anything uh, you want to say any shout outs you want to go ahead and give before i guess we uh wrap this one up i i don't have anything in particular but i'm gonna hand it over to chris because chris always has something he adds at the end of our <laughs> podcast okay go cook <laughs> gotcha gotcha absolutely uh so yeah once again thank y'all so much for coming on and uh best luck on saturday appreciate it appreciate it trip. Hope, hope you enjoy your time and hope you go home with an L. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha man all right, so there they go. Hope y'all enjoyed our discussion with those guys. Always bringing some uh, some uh, very helpful insight. I always enjoy doing um, you know, doing discussions and really interviews with uh, other guys from other podcasts, other you know fan based podcasts like ours. So yeah, yeah, really really enjoyed that conversation. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and dive into this matchup ourselves, guys. 
overall thoughts about BYU. I know we haven't really focused much on them. They are a new member to the Big 12, another one that we are seeing this time. We have one previous matchup between BYU in 1940, where we actually won 21 to 20. So we do lead the all-time series. Uh, they're go. looking for some revenge, man. They, I mean, that's 80 years <laughs> in the making. They are looking for some revenge 83 years later. So, <laughs> yeah, let's talk a little bit about the Cougars here, man. What are your thoughts heading into Provo? Uh, hey. <laughs> I don't even know, man. Truly. I haven't paid attention to BYU at all. Um, just a couple times when it's come to maybe easy money. I think we've had maybe a game w- yeah. with them in there too, right? So, yeah, I haven't paid attention to BYU at all, but the Mormons can play football, right? And <laughs> that's I, I all you know saying, them as. That's all you call that's them, dude. All, that's all I know them as because that's true, man. And one of the things that's kind of crazy too is that since they forced – not forced, but it's required that they go on their, you know, their missions. It's actually not back, required. Is it not required? No. I thought it was. No. Oh, that's cool. They choose regardless, to. A lot of them choose to. Regardless, no, like, a lot of them choose to, right? And then they come back and they're like in their 20s and they have 20-year-old built bodies by then too, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's that's a nice little advantage to have. Taysom Hill, shout out to him, I guess. I don't know, guys. <laughs> my I mean, God, I man. My Zach, God, Taysom Hill. I have Zach Wilson as my QB, so I don't know. Maybe they're doing something right. They're sending NFL quarterbacks too, so – I really don't know what to think of BYU. I just hope that we, um, instead of this being a get right game, let's just see what our identity is because we've been so inconsistent on offense. And the unfortunate thing is we probably might lose this game, if I'm being honest. It depends because uh, as of right now, uh, Baron Morton is a day uh, game time decision, if I'm not mistaken. It's his right shoulder. That's why he went out. His right shoulder is what got injured. His throwing shoulder, no less. So, He's a game-time decision right now. So I'm hoping they have Jake Strong running with the ones all week and then some. And I hope the kid's ready. And uh, it really just falls to him and Zach Kelly as far as uh, play calling goes. Again, like help out the kid. He's talented. We have seen the flashes. Um, As far as matchups go, we'll get into it. BYU is a complete mystery to me this season. So, uh, yeah, no, I could just look at Tech and what we – can do best and some of our best football is uh is a really talented squad and it, it it has shown that we can win you know so that's just that's all i really can hope for at this point fellas what about y'all <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh i did want to touch on that injury report uh then we'll get to you nesto and your thoughts um so we are this week we're gonna have Bryce Ramirez and Braylon Lux back in the lineup for our defense, two critical pieces for our defense. Uh, Game time decisions, as you mentioned, Baron Morton is a game time decision this week, as well as CJ Baskerville, Mason Tharp, and Cole Spencer. So it would be really nice to, you know, see if we can get all those guys back. I don't think, if if I'm here to say, I don't think Baron Morton is going to get the start in this game. I think they're really going to just go into the bye week, make sure he's 100% moving forward. I think that's kind of a smart decision to go with, uh, especially make sure he's ready for TCU. I think Jake Strong will get the start in this game and um, actually have a quality week of preparation. I think the only way we see Morton going into this game is if it's like, you know, um, Jake's really, really struggling, and maybe if he, if, if, if un- I hope to God he does not get hurt. Who's hope that, God he's healthy. But I think that's really emergency QB. Honestly, uh, I don't it'll be uh, Brady Boyd. Brady Boyd. Brady Boyd, a quarterback. Yes, yes. 
Um, and currently out this week, of course, going to be Jacob Rodriguez. He will be back for TCU. That is when, that is when McGuire said that he is uh, eyeing for his return, as well as uh, Mikel Dingle. He is currently um, um, definitely uh, still kind of, you know, still kind of a interesting timetable there for when he'll return. But yeah, those guys were uh, you know going to have back game time decisions and guys were out. But uh, Nesto, let's get to you, man. What are your thoughts heading into this matchup? I I think this is going to be um, pretty much a, I would like to see, well, first of all, I, I guess I should say this. I would love to see us not play Morton, and I want to see Jake yeah. Strong with a week of practice under his belt. Um, I believe it's going to be a vastly big difference, you know, if we can ease them into the game, you know, a couple quick screens, a couple quick throws, you know, little quick slants. Things to get him into a rhythm and then unleash the cannon at that point. Cause uh, I never want to take an opponent lightly, especially us. You know, we're three and four. We're like no one to be, you know, bragging or pretending that we're bigger than what we are. But I mean, based on what I've seen from BYU lately, um, I think we're going to have the opportunity to get to be a little risky and take shots and I mean you're three and four what what else do we got to lose yeah just, yeah I hear just release the cannon true see what, see what you got in this kid he's a true freshman you can't get an a, a you can't get a hundred percent analysis of what he's gonna be in the future right now it's just not gonna happen but what if he just learns so quickly that he gets it right now in this moment it's his moment and he owns it so that's what I'm going to go with um, this week. I really think they should just ease him into the game. And then when he's, you know, pretty much has a rhythm, release him. Let's see what he can do, you know, especially with a week of practice under his belt. Um, Absolutely. And, I think this, Absolutely. and I think this is the game to do it with, you know, BYU. Um, not, I'm not trying to take him too, too lightly, but I just don't think they're this force that's just going to march all over our defense, like how Kansas state did with that run game with Avery Johnson. And um, I really think our defense is going to have a really good game against them. So why not? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely, uh, I definitely agree with you there. Um, I'm really hoping that he does get the start. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, I'm going to be at this game. This is a game I'm going to be at. I'm very excited to head on out to Provo. Uh, I'll be staying in Salt Lake City, though. Uh, you know, trying to just, uh, you know, really plan a trip out there. It's going to be awesome, man. I've seen, I'm really excited to see their stadium at BYU mostly. I've seen pictures of it. It looks gorgeous, but I'm pretty sure it, not even pictures even do it justice. So, uh, yeah, I'm very much well looking forward to uh, to heading on out there to to Provo this week. I will be. Uh, I know it's they're, they're kind of do like a blue. I believe we're their homecoming game. Um, so yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see what kind of crowd they bring. I know it's gonna be packed. I know it's gonna be loud. They do have one of the biggest stadiums uh, in the Big Twelve. With uh, like when Texas know you leave, they will have the biggest stadium I think in the Big Twelve as well too. So I'm excited about my trip. I uh, can't wait to get on out there, and I hope that we can, you know. Ended with the dub. That'd be fantastic. You know, make my trip worthwhile. But if not, you know, hey, is what it is. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm still gonna have a good time regardless out there. But um, yeah, let's get into kind of how we match up. Well, uh, so some of their uh, guys to watch out for, of course, starting quarterback Keaton Slovis. Man, the guy's been pretty pretty decent, bit of a journeyman, as we know. 
um, you know, uh, coming in from Pittsburgh, previously at USC. Uh, so ma- making his third stop here. Uh, currently has 1,392 passing yards on the season, 56.8 completion percentage, uh, 10 touchdowns to four interceptions, has been sacked nine times, uh, overall 128 rating. So this kid can play, man. We, we, we've known that for quite a while. You know, just hasn't really quite been put in the right situations, I don't think, at his previous stops. But, you know, I, I think... He is a very quality quarterback. Uh, rushing attack, you know, kind of, might be a familiar name if you kept up with Texas Tech recruiting. LJ Martin, their true freshman. This guy was originally a Texas Tech commit before he flipped to Stanford and then eventually flipped from Stanford to BYU, where he is at now. And he's doing a really good job, man. He's had uh, 86 carries for 345 yards, leads the team in rushing, averages four yards per carry, and has four rushing touchdowns on the season. Definitely a guy that you need to uh, need to be aware of. Uh, but outside of him, though, they really don't have much of a rushing attack, even uh, with uh, you know their backup running back, Miles Davis, uh, 14 carries, 64 yards, no touchdowns. Deion Smith... 18 carries, 30 yards, and only one touchdown. Um, yeah, outside of LJ Martin, they don't really have much of a rushing attack. So that's definitely something to something to really keep your eye on moving forward. Uh, receiving, uh, they're led by Chase Roberts, who has 27 receptions for 421 yards on the year and three touchdowns. This is definitely a dude that you're going to need to pay a lot of attention to. Uh, I feel like they're a team that more so likes to air the ball out than they like running it, but they are definitely more of a balanced attack. Um, but yeah, he has a 20, uh, you know, we just went over his numbers, uh, followed by uh, their tight end, Isaac Rex, who has 19 receptions for 240 for 275 yards and a touchdown followed by uh, Darius Lassiter, who has 19 receptions for 225 yards and three touchdowns on the season. So, yeah, they are um pretty pretty balanced team overall. They don't Judge, uh, outside of LJ, but yeah, you know, so that's just kind of a kind of some players I have to watch out for. What were you saying, Zuni? Who's the head coach for BYU off the top of your head? Halani Sataki. Halani Sataki, what a name. Um, how long is he been the head coach? Yeah, Hakuna, seriously. <laughs> Come on, guys. Wow. No, but uh, how long has he been the head coach for BYU? You're dumb. Ah, uh, but since 2016. 2016. So they definitely yeah. have an identity, right? Yeah. Um, shoot. Okay. They like to pass to their tight ends. I do know a little bit about BYU. That That's one thing they do like to do uh, with their tight ends. Yeah, utilize their uh, tight ends. They utilize their tight ends a lot. So if there's a matchup that I'm looking at, Got to be our linebackers, right? Ben Roberts, definitely. You know, Jordan, freshman. He had a pass defense. Let's see it. Let's see it. They like to use their tight ends. That's one thing I know. Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> I don't know how we do against those. Not well, if I remember correctly. If they're big, uh, typically we're okay. We're okay defending uh, tight ends, but you know, they just don't get used that often in the Big Twelve. I feel like. I mean, I say that, but not Sydney not a ton. But right yeah, I mean, Sydney. like yeah, they, they, they will. Certain teams do. I mean, obviously, you saw Kansas State utilize their tight end yeah. pretty well. That guy was crazy good, by the way. His double block on the touchdown, I just want to point that out. That was a beautiful – hats off to him. That was a beautiful game. A beautiful play. Beautiful play. But, yeah. Uh, BYU, tight ends. Oh, so since there, since 2016. So he has longevity. What's his record overall as a head coach? Overall yeah. head coach, I do not have that off the top of my dome, but I know he has only had one losing season, I believe, that came in 2017. What's BYU's um, record so yeah. right now, guys? How are they looking? 
Four and two. Yeah, they're four and two at the moment, yes. Dang. Uh, they have had losses and honestly pretty bad losses, to be honest, against Big 12 legacy members being Kansas and um, TCU. So, yeah, they lost to Kansas on the road. Both have been on the road, though. Uh, lost to Kansas 38 to 27 in Lawrence. Um, one Big 12, they're one and two in Big 12 play. One win came against Cincinnati. Once again, another new member, so not necessarily a legacy member. And then, of course, got pretty much dominated on the road against TCU. They they really had their way with them, losing 44 to 11 in that game. Mm, uh, that worries so, me a bit. It worries know, me, I'm not going to lie. It worries me a little bit, but I feel like, you know, they haven't necessarily played well against Big 12 legacy members. Of course, both have been on the road. This is a this is a different t- this different team at home. Clearly, <laughs> you know we've seen how well they could play at home. But I mean, still, even a uh, Cincinnati, who's not a really good team this year, was able to put up twenty seven points on them in their house. So you got to think that you know it's going to be a little bit better. You know, I feel like we're a lot better in Cincinnati, to be honest with you. And they were still able to um, you know move the ball pretty efficiently. Um, obviously, Cincinnati's defense wasn't really able to stop them very much. But I feel as though we can we can definitely there's a lot that we can exploit on their offensive side. I don't think they've quite seen a defensive front um like ours outside of TCU, of course. Um, even like even Arkansas. They did get a good win at Arkansas, though. Um, that is kind of except I mean Arkansas is not really that good of a team this year either. So they're, they're not really yeah. <laughs> uh they did have a win against Sam Houston at home. 14-0. season 14 to 0. And Sam mm-hmm. Houston, I don't know if you've been keeping up with them. They have it's not had a very smooth there. transition to the FBS. They're 0 in, I think, 6 right now. Yep. Um, yeah, they're they're not a good team. Very well. So I, I feel like this is this is definitely a win game. But you gotta go out there and <laughs> you gotta go out and take it, dude. Bull take. Bull take. <laughs> Bull take. Bull take. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, I guess it's kind of in a short one, kind of a short preview for BYU. Of course, you know, you heard that uh, that interview, so there's not really a ton we need to go over. So I guess we'll move into uh, who do you think the X factor or what do you think the X factor will be in this one? We'll start with you, Zuni. Well, I'm in agreement with I do want to see Jake Strong full week of practice. Uh, just let Morin get healthy and uh, it'll be fun to watch them battle out the rest of the season as far as who gets PT. Uh, especially into the offseason. But as of right now, Jake Strong, got to be our QB. Let's get him a week uh, under his belt. But truly, and I, 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 I'm I, beating a dead horse at this point, but it has to be Zach Kelly, right? This man has to be the X factor going into this game. Our defense has proven that they pretty much can hang with everybody in the nation as, as far as uh, defending goes. I think we're we're not a terrible defense. We're, it's our strength, so... Yeah, no, I think it's Zach Kelly. You got to call a good game for the offense because we clearly have talent and we clearly have weapons. We just, just for whatever reason, just can't, you know. Can't really seem to put it all together. Can't, no. You can't put the puzzles the puzzles in the right spots, right? We're putting a triangle through a, a circle. We're, we're messing up here, y'all. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 who we're going with as the X Factor. Yeah, my boy Zach knows Kelly. shapes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, Nesto, what about you, man? Um, shoot, I honestly want to say it's going to be our defense. I mean, are we going to hold them to like 
less than 20 points because if we do that, I feel like we have a pretty good chance of winning this game. You should. So, <laughs> I mean, but also, like, like how Zuni said, I mean, you know, is offense finally going to – or, I mean, we've put it together in the past, but are we going to be able to put it together in this game? Like, are we going to be, like, you know – complementing our defense are we going to make smart decisions you know are we going to make jake strong air it out 30 times in a single half like just those things we just need to be smarter and more aware um in my opinion but i think if if we're conservative for the entire game i think we win easily honestly i don't think we even blow them out i think we just win easily if we're just even a little bit conservative and uh you know, just do even if you got to run the ball three times a down. I don't even care at this point. Just get the win. We really <laughs> need chains, it. <laughs> get the first down. You know, roll the dice from there, right? <laughs> you know, are we gonna get Taj Brooks for a hundred yards? Or are we gonna get Taj Brooks for two hundred yards? Like, I hope it's the what's uh, the I hope it's option B. You know, um, but. My X factor in this one is going to be the team's attitude. How are you going to respond to a K-State team that just, uh, as Nick Saban would say, ran through you like shit through a tin horn? You know, how are you going to respond That's a quote. to uh, playing on the road? How are you going to uh, respond to playing in the mountains again where you lost last time at a very high altitude? How are you going to respond against a BYU team who is new to the Big 12, struggled against legacy members as well, against a really tough atmosphere? It's a night game out there. How are you going to respond? That is my um, – that's kind of my X factor. It's like what's the attitude? You know, I would love it. If um, Texas Tech were to go out there uh, this weekend and uh, do as Will Compton said, give him four quarters of fuck you football, you know, <laughs> that's what I want. That's what I want to see. Like, I want to see a pissed off team. I want to see a team with emotion. I want to see a team with passion. I want to see some fire on the sidelines. I want to see an energized group of guys, man. I want to see them, you know, with a new focus, new vitality. That's what I want in this game. I think that could definitely be expected. But if they come out looking kind of flat, no real energy on the silent. That's going to be a real, uh, um, real factor in the game. I, I, I truly do think so. That's going to determine whether you're going to come out the winner, or you're going to go back home with a loss. You know, um, and ruin my trip out there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's my uh, that's that's really my X factor. I think you just go out there. Play with a lot of emotion, play with a lot of passion. So, getting into some keys to victory, guys. Uh, Nesto, we'll start with you, man. What are some keys to victory you have? Key to victory number one: uh, get the ball to Taj Brooks, especially <laughs> when you got a true freshman quarterback and you're down seven. On <laughs> the damn ball, man. <laughs> that that's that that's just gonna be for the rest of the season. My number one key to victory: just give Taj Brooks the ball. And you would imagine I get tired of saying this, but I don't. You know why? Because we don't give him the damn ball enough. Uh, that's when we do. Uh, now, he's and, usually resulting wins, and we're not talking about this. <laughs> exactly. Um, second key to victory, we need some turnovers. Yes. We need a lot of them. We need to really make BYU feel us. Like, we need to put the pressure on them. Like, you're at home. You got to beat us. We're not going to beat ourselves. We're going to take this ball away from you. What are you going to do about it? 
that's the mentality we need to have. We need to definitely win this turnover battle. But I just really want to see one turnover at least, whether it's a fumble, interception, doesn't matter. I'll take anything. Even, like, turnover on downs, on fourth down, I'll take that as a turnover. Um, and my last one is, uh, you know, depending on who's that quarterback, yeah, I really hope it's Jake Strong. Um, I think it's going to, you know, can he have a complete free mistake game as a true freshman quarterback, which would truly be impressive to see. I got you, man. I hear you. Zuno, what about you, man? Keys to victory? Yeah. Uh, we got to – just piggybacking off of his first one, yeah, give the ball to Taj Brook. But one thing I would hope to see, which I feel like we kind of do but not enough sometimes, like – Obviously, Taj is our guy, right? So can we do a little play action off of it instead of just, you know, going straight into shotgun? I know we're, we're not really a under center team, right? But there could be moments we could run a player or two, you know? I do think we we can utilize our run game in a different way instead of just giving Taj Brooks. Because I, I want this guy to have a career going forward, guys. Like, trust me, I, I, I want him to – I would love for him to have 30 carries plus a game, and we would win every game if we did that, right? But – it's just it's not good for his longevity, and you know I'd, I'd like to see that extend for him. So, just unleash the run game in total. Play use Taj as a as a decoy. Some would say, you know, get a little fancy with it. Get I would love to see Valdez actually pop off. Cameron, that guy can run. He's yeah. gonna be our starter next season. Let's give him some touches and let him work and let him progress too. So, in that way, I would love for us to just unleash the run game as a whole. We're not. We're not the greatest passing team, or statistically we haven't uh, this season. Um, our run game has been what's kind of guided us to most of our wins, right? So I feel like having a little Dre McKay, maybe get a little sweep here or there. Maybe Nehemiah Martinez getting a little sweep here or there. Zay White too, you know, maybe quick screens that are basically like an extension of the run game, even though people hate to say that. Up, <laughs> in a way, it is, man. In a way, it is. It's getting the ball to our playmakers, right? So yeah. that that's that's how I want to see us utilize the run game this game because it's a, it's a huge part to our offense, and I think it's going to be the key to victory, obviously. And when we go on methodical drives like that, it it, it gives our defense time to rest. So that's, that's my keys to victory, just – just uh, unleash the run game. Zach Kelly, call a game where you're having everyone involved and using everyone in a way where they don't know who's going to get the ball. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's a beautiful way to play offense. So yeah, Hell, honestly, yeah. you know what I wouldn't mind seeing? Just say, like, you know what? Screw it. Let's go out there. Let's play like Army or Navy's offense. Just the triple Dude, option. Up. Go after it. <laughs> Just say, I you mean, know what? We don't need a pass game. We're good. Kansas State <laughs> kind of beat us that way yes. this past game. So, <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm almost to that point, either, man. man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Kidding, of course. You know, that's but, a very boring offense. But you know what? You know, it's funny. Like, that, it is kind of a boring offense. Just the... You know, three yards in a cloud of dust every time. But, man, I could watch Army run that triple option all day long. I'll tell you that, man. They're really good at running that. Um, that's kind of like what, like, like low-key one of my favorite offenses to watch. Um, but getting uh, getting back to this one, uh, you kind of alluded to it. So, I need uh, Zoot, I mean, uh, not Zoot, Nesto, uh, win the turnover margin. Yes, going to need to do that. You know, you gave up three, and you took zero. So, 
your give three university, not take three university right now. <laughs> so that's, that's essentially <laughs> what it came down to, you know, and you, you need, you need to take the ball. We need to force some turnovers. Um, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be like, you know, seven turnovers or anything like that, but get two, get three, you know, and, and take care of the football yourself as well. So you're really going to need to win the turnover margin in this one. Don't give them any momentum. The less momentum you give them in their home environment, I think the better. Uh, another one that I've just, I feel like I'm just, you know, beating the same drum, beating a dead horse at this point, but time of possession, man, take, hold on to the ball. Like, why are we doing this? no huddle offense up tempo offense when you know our defense is constantly on the field and i know our defense is good enough to hang in there with them they're at this point very much well used to it but i would rather see you rested up in the fourth quarter if it is a close game we really need this defense to step up and make a play also another one is going to be dominant up front i honestly i i, I want to see this front seven show out but if i'm being real here make them one-dimensional like really make them one dimension, make them run the football on you. You know, if you could take away the pass game, honestly, if I'm doing this, if I'm the coordinator right now, I am dropping everybody. I'm dropping five in coverage every time, at least five in coverage every time. Maybe even put a linebacker out there, you know, maybe have a couple guys stay home, not do a ton of blitzes, just really take away the passing game for them. You know, I really want us to do that because if you force them to run, I mean, I know LJ Martin, we, as we just uh, discussed, um, he's a really good running back, but it's not really necessarily the strength of their team. Outside of him, though, they don't run the ball very well. So I feel like if you're able to do that, make a one-dimensional, it should be pretty smooth sailing moving forward. You know, get a get a Keaton Slovis a little bit frustrated. You know, have him have him uh you know get some uh, coverage sacks as they call them. You just know where to go with the ball. Have him throw it away a lot. You know, I uh, don't necessarily have to like sack him very much because this team does not get pressure on the quarterback very very well uh, they don't get home very much i should say they do get pressure they just don't get home so this one you don't really need to like put some cover sacks on them force them out of the pocket make them feel uncomfortable a little bit you know just defend the pass make them truly one-dimensional and if you do that i think you're gonna have a lot of success and uh, as well as you guys uh and everything you guys harped on as well too i've kind of combined this you'll have a lot of success in this one. I hope they are able to do this. I'm still for the guys. I haven't given up on this team. You know, even though that one was hard to watch last week, um, this is a new week, man. New week, new opportunity. Let's get this one going, man. So um, final score predictions, guys. Start with you, Zuni. Dang, final score prediction. Um, You know what? It's probably going to be a gritty game to the end. So I'm going to go 30... We'll go 36-33, guys. And my heart wants Tech to win, but I can see BYU upsetting us. And it's not really an upset because I'm pretty sure they have the It is an upset. Number, right? Is it an upset? Yes, Texas Tech is favoring this one by four and a half. Even when they're at home, that's kind of incredible. But, yeah, I'm going to go 36-33. Um, I don't want to say BYU, so I'm going to say Tech. So just to – just because, of course, I'm, I'm going to pick Tech to win every game, guys. I don't care what anyone says, right? <laughs> so, That's what I'm saying. But, like, bro, you picked Tech, Tech to win every single game this year. Every right. game, so. <laughs> I haven't. I have uh, been on that so, opposite side. So I've been drinking the Kool-Aid for a minute, so I might as well just follow through all the way. Guys. I love Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Tech, 36-33. Tech, 36-33? Mm-hmm. Even though. All right. 
<laughs> like, don't feel good game. about it. You still got. You know, it's probably, this, this is the first game where it's like, damn. You ever man, called a homer? Uh, Can no. I get a Homer Simpson? <laughs> Dope. <laughs> uh, what uh, about y'all? Ernesto, what about you, brother? Uh, I'm going to go Tech 45, BYU 27. Damn. Ooh. It's a collective <laughs> game there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Both of us just gasp like, yeah, yeah. The audacity, but I love it. I I'm here for it, baby. No, I'm just, uh, uh, Jonah, <laughs> you said wait. You said 40, 48? Wait, what? Forty. He said forty-five, twenty-seven. Forty-five, not forty-eight. But it might as well be forty-eight. We're this is our first fifty-point game. That's the. This is the first fifty year. burger we're gonna throw up this I'm, year. Nah, I'm, I'm, not doing I'm sticking yeah, to my forty-five, mind. twenty-seven. <laughs> I got you. Uh, I got you. All right, mine. As I know, y'all, I, I, Nessa's leaning into his camera right now. He's like, John, I want to hear it, man. What are you going to do? What are you going to do, buddy? Just waiting for it, man. Yeah, a little suspenseful. I like it. That, that Spooky season, too. Um, <laughs> uh, I do have Tech Tech winning this game. 35. Oh, wow. Oh, shocker. Nah, I'm joking. Oh, Good guys. You bites. said 31? Yes, 34 to 30. 34-30. Okay. Similar. Similar. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't pick BYU. He's going to this one. He doesn't want to go and be disappointed now. It's funny. Fair though, like, BYU fans <laughs> are so awesome, dude. Like they, they are absolutely great. Like, you know, they're 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 everyone I've ever interacted with has been phenomenal. You know, and it's it's if we lose, they're probably gonna be good sports and be like, Hey man, cheer up, dude. You got yeah, next week, man. Hey, your season's not over. They're probably gonna, probably say some positive bullshit like that. <laughs> don't don't worry, guys, you'll kick our ass next year. Like, <laughs> it's okay, man. It's okay, dude. You know, I get it, brother. It's like damn. Tell me get, at least, you know, tell me to go fuck how myself. Do you respond? At least how do you respond to that? <laughs> How do you respond? I, I don't like, like this positivity I'm getting. I don't, I don't want to be, you know. I want to talk some shit. I want to be booed out of the fucking stadium, dude. Come on now. Uh, uh, he's just oh, a nice man. guy having a bad day. Just bad day, dude. You know. But I know that's what their fans are going to be like, and uh, you know, they're, they're, like, I, no, I will never say anything negative about BYU fans. Uh, at least on Twitter, I'm the ones I'm on Twitter. Now, if I go there in person and they're a bit different. One, y'all are going to hear about it. You know, I'm going to let y'all know on this podcast if they're any different. Uh, but I don't suspect it will be, but you never know. I mean, <laughs> you never know until you until you know, right? But yeah, that's uh, that's going to wrap it up for this one right now. Um, Should we go ahead and uh, move on into some... Uh, can you read that, buddy? I, I can't read it for you. What, what, what are we moving on to next, Sunny? Oh, is it that um? Oh, is that that Mr. Crab smell? Is it that is easy that... money? Oh, easy I thought it was anchovies. Oh, anchovies? No, oh my, no, it's that easy money, baby. Woo! Where we win, you money, and you don't have to, cause don't don't bet on ours, cause we're gonna lose you money straight up. We are not, not responsible for any of them. your bad decisions. We're only responsible for our bad decisions. But yes, it is time for some EZ money. Let's go.
All right, welcome in to our Easy Money segment of the week. Kind of going over some wins and losses from last week. So, guys, I led the way, and I had the best week I've had all season. Hell yeah, man. Uh, One thing that kind of pissed me off, though, a little bit was I was perfect on the over-unders. Until I got to Texas Tech game. <laughs> I bet the under and it hit the over, man. That is the only one that I have um that many discrepancies with, man. Golly. I, I was perfect on the over-unders throughout the entire our entire slate of games last week. I was perfect. Uh, I went eleven and five last week. Uh Zuni, you were eight and eight. You're five hundred. Perfect. 500. Perfect. And, uh, uh Nesto, you went six and ten, man. Come on, dude. Pick it up, brother. Huh. I'm giving up already, then. That's uh, tough. No, we, we can't be doing that, man. We can't be doing that. <laughs> I give up. It's the road to 500, Nesto. Uh, but, Zuni, you are still in first place, uh, 83 and 69. I'm in nice. second at 79 and 73, so I'm catching up there, man. I'm catching up there. Sweet. And, uh, Nesto, still, you can get above 500 still with, with the remainder. You're at 71 and 81. So yeah, you, you definitely. You, you this definitely where you make up. it up. This is where you make it up, lad. Have a catch up, brother. Um, although I know Vegas loves taking your money, so we'll uh <laughs> leave it there. So <laughs> let's get into no uh, uh, what was that? I said I ain't betting no more. <laughs> oh, I disagree, buddy. We're gonna force it out of you. <laughs> Lord, just gonna rob you straight up. <laughs> um, I'm ready to lose first money. uh. First game on the slate. <laughs> Got Boston College versus Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech a five point favor with the over under of fifty eight. What you like here, Zoom? Ah, oh, I gotta go Boston College out, right? Straight up, and we're taking the under. Taking the under, okay. Taking okay. The under. Nesto. I'm taking Zuni on that one. I'm gonna take Zuni on that one too. Just keep it simple. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would you look at that? Everyone piggybacking on me. Nah, 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 nah. nah. I'm going to change mine. Change mine. Nah. No, Uh, no. Locked in. Done. Locked in. On to the next game. This should be a good game. How am I supposed to catch up, guys? How am I supposed to? (laughs) Well, we're all going to. I hear you, man. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Next up, Uh, we got College Game Day, the game of the week out there. Penn State versus Ohio State. One, Ohio State, a four-point favor, the over-under of 46 and a half. What do we like, Zuni? That's crazy. Uh, you know what? It's probably going to be a three-point difference straight up. Ohio State going to win, uh, but I think Penn State will cover. It'll be 33-30, something. Uh, it's within three points, right? So uh, I'm going to take the over. I'm in agreement. Nesto, you in agreement? Let's move on. No. <laughs> yep, I, I sure am. You, you actually are, or, or is that? Yeah, a... no, I was actually that was actually my going to be my hot take, but I guess not, it's not that hot. Yeah, I think uh, so. You don't have Ohio State covering. Neither of y'all have, have Ohio State game, covering, man. but you think it's going to hit the over? Yep, I'm yes. going over. Um, I'm a little bit different. I think Ohio State will cover, and I'm going to oh. take that over as well. So. You're going with the Ohio State University. Yeah, I think uh, uh, this game is always an interesting one until they get to the game. Like, yes, it's a big matchup. Yes, Penn State's really good. Like, it, it's always an interesting game. You think like, hey, maybe Penn State could slip up and you know beat them this year. Uh, this game's in Columbus. 
Penn State doesn't have a fucking chance. I'm gonna say that right now. I don't think they have a chance, dude. Uh, it's because uh, Ohio State has just had their number, and why am I to believe that this year will be any different? So yeah, gotta go with them. Next though, getting some Big Twelve play. You got UCF versus Oklahoma, Dylan Gabriel Bowl. Um, Oklahoma, a 19 point favorite with the over under of 65 in this game. Dang, I, I, I think. What you feeling, Jonah? What you feeling? I think man? OU covers. I'm gonna take that under. I'm gonna play that one a little safe. Oklahoma to cover, and you're taking the under. Yeah. Uh, I think UCF will beat the spread, and I'm gonna take the over. Interesting. Interesting. Next up, I'm sorry. Nesto. I was about to say Nesto. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I got ahead of myself here. Really not letting this man get to 500. Let's wow. just skip over to tired. Wow! God. Wow! <laughs> That's uh, it. Go ahead and give me that Oklahoma spread, and I'm smashing that over. Okay. Awesome. Awesome, man. Next up, now we got TCU versus Kansas State. Kansas State, a six and a half point favorite, over under 59. A rematch of the Big 12 championship game. Both squads have actually been looking forward to this game. So, yeah, we'll see how this one goes. Um, I think, uh, you know what? I don't think Kansas State covers. Really? I'm definitely going to take that under, though. Okay. All right. After seeing last week, uh, yeah, no, Avery Johnson, the truth, uh, Kansas State is going to win. Uh, they're going to cover, and I'm going to go with the over. <laughs> Hell yeah, hell yeah, Nesto. Um, I will say this: I think for in order to feel good going into TCU next week, you need them to lose. I need to see Kansas State smack them, so I'm going with Kansas State to cover that spread, and I'm going with the over. But I need to see like Kansas State beat them at least by ten. Fair enough. Fair enough. Gotcha. I like that. Next the up, we got program. I like it. Go ahead. <laughs> got a Texas versus Houston. Texas, a 23 and a half point favor with the over under of 61. This is a sellout for Houston, their first of the year. Um, you think I don't Houston know fans why. sold that one out? Do you think because Houston fans Texas sold that one out? Fans, bro. Or do you Texas think Texas fans are living Houston sold that out? <laughs> God, that's gonna be a lot of bar. It's gonna be like Oklahoma. When they played Tulsa, it's it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be very similar to that. Just a sea of you know, basically a home game for them. So, uh, but yeah, I think oddly enough, I think Texas will cover that, and I'm think I'm gonna smash that over. I don't know how to feel about this game. Um, well, I do. Go ahead, Nesto. Houston's covering that spread, and we're going with the over. Damn, that's crazy. So I'm gonna take the under, and I think uh, Texas covers. Gotcha, man. Gotcha. Hear you. Ah, hear you. Fuck Texas. Yeah, no. Te- Texas probably. I, I do agree with that. Thirty-eight. Yes, thirty-eight. Ten, probably, bro. I don't think Houston has a chance, bro. Bro, bro. Houston's gonna put up big numbers on this sorry ass Texas squad. Sorry ass. I'm saying uh, it right now, Houston gonna win. What you mean? <laughs> Taking them outright, changing that. That's crazy. Yeah, they gonna, they gonna win thirty-eight to thirty. That's funny. That. Uh, okay, alrighty. Well, alrighty, man. Didn't know you're such a cougar. 
Anyways. No, I've been drunk before. Uh, go on. <laughs> um, next up, we got Oklahoma State versus West Virginia. We'll say a bit on a bit of a run recently. West Virginia currently a three and a half point favorite at home with the over under of 50 and a half. What do we like there, Zoom? Ooh, OSU, I think, is actually going to beat West Virginia. So they'll, they'll beat the spread. And I'm going to take, um, let's see, let's see. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and take the over on this one. Gotcha. Gotcha. I think, yeah, I think, I think Oklahoma State will win this game on the road. It's hard for me to say that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State's been on a bit of a run recently. They kind of really found their uh, found their groove this year. I think they'll beat West Virginia on the road and give me that under. It's gonna be a defensive, not a defensive battle, but a yeah. Nesto, nah, give me West Virginia and give me the over. Fair enough. Fair enough. Next, we got Baylor versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati, a three-point favorite, the over-under of 50. 50. The favorite again. I don't get it. They suck. uh, Baylor's not very good either, but, I mean, until a new Big 12 team beats a legacy Big 12 team, I got to go with the legacy Big 12 team in this one. I think Baylor will go to Cincinnati. And so that over-under, I think I might go ahead and take... I think I might take that under actually. I think it's gonna be kind of a gritty game. Yeah, sign me up on the same one for that, buddy. I I don't think Cincy beats Baylor. Um, and yeah, if Baylor's the one to break that uh, record for us, <laughs> y'all are trash. But yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah it's I'm, I'm Pretty much. Uh, yeah, I'm going with you on that one, Jenna. I think that it'll be a lower scoring game. Yeah, Big 12, anyways. Yeah, Nesto, you were in agreement, right? Uh, Halfway. I mean, Baylor, I think, will cover and win outright, but I'm going with the over. Fair enough. Go with the over. The over. Be a little different. Don't mind it. Don't mind it. Time it for the over. (laughs) Always. Okay. Next up, the game that the boy will be at, the one that all eyes will be on. Tonight game uh, is going to be the most interesting game this week, uh, in my opinion, at least. My very biased opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Texas Tech versus BYU. Texas Tech, a four and a half point favorite with the over under of 52. I, because of that half point mark, I do not have Tech covering, but I do have us hitting that over. So Tech doesn't cover, but we hit the over. And I believe based on your score prediction, Zuni. You do not have Texas Tech covering, Mm-mm. but you do have the over. I and do. Nesto, of course, has Texas Tech covering, and he also hits the over. Hey, so yeah, that is a double points for that one when it happens. <laughs> when it happens. <laughs> not if, Love the confidence. When. Love the confidence. <laughs> I hope it comes true. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Love it, dude. Love it. <laughs> All right. It's time to move on to our favorite segment of the week our good vibes vibe of the week q andre 3k zuni i love the good vibes vibe of the week man what am i vibing with this week 
Oh, I had it on the tip of my tongue. Go ahead, Nesto. Wow. Yeah, I got that to you, buddy. Come oh, on, buddy. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> it's tough, Luckily, I, come on now. I'm ready. He is Yo, ready. So take us away, buddy. Man, I love the fall weather. Fantastic. I, uh, I love winter. I love Thanksgiving. I love oh, Halloween. Yeah. And I love Christmas. During this time of year, my favorite bread returns. And of course, I'm talking about cinnamon swirl cranberry bread. Oh my god. Mm. Specific. That's my vibe of the week. It's delicious. You put some uh, cream cheese on top. Oh, man, my mouth watering just talking about it. <laughs> Jesus, I'm about to go get some bread right now. But yes, it's so good. And it just reminds me of the fun. It just gets me so hyped for Thanksgiving, bro. Nice. Hey, man. Yeah, that's, feel that's, 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 that's solid, dude. That, I, that is quite the solid one. My man, Nessa is very passionate. I feel like, <laughs> did you just drink a Red Bull or something? This man really got... Bro, I am hype as hell right now for no reason. These good vibes vibes of the week, man. With the Simmons swirl. The Simmons swirl. He's about to get started right now. I gotta be honest with you. It's been a minute since I had Simmons swirl bread. Yeah, I know. Same here, same here. Bro, it's good, especially the cranberry one. You're not wrong. I do. Although that's the way mm, I'll give it a shot because I do like, you know, to eat food and pastries, but I'm not I'm not a cranberry guy. Not really been cranberry juice. Not it's not for me. It's good when I'm sick. That's about it. <laughs> they said that at Walmart. What's yours, buddy? Oh, yeah. No, I'm going with the Mambo sauce. Mickey D's, bro. I oh, finally remembered it after 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 Nesto mentioned food. I was like, "What was mine gonna be again?" It's the mambo sauce because I actually genuinely like it. I don't know if y'all seen the commercials, bro. I just had that for the first time last night. Did you lit? Yes. It was okay, pretty okay. good, right? It, is it is it just me or does it taste like it has a little bit of tamarindo in it? It does. It has a little okay. bit. Okay, I thought I was tripping, it, bro. bro. It has a little spice like, to it. It comes in just ever so slightly at the end of the of the taste, and nobody really know. But you know, for a good portion of my college career, uh, I survived off of McDonald's straight up. <laughs> so, so yeah, Ricky uh, D's very special place in my heart, and that mambo sauce is is chef's kiss. They they got a nice one with that one. Yeah, that was pretty good nice, sauce. Yeah. Nice. I like it. It's, it's really good. I'd, I'd, I'd recommend it if anyone hasn't tried it. So, yes. My good vibes vibe of the week. It's very much a Jonah one. I feel like is it? Um, oh. My good vibes vibe of the week is when. Um, so I was at my brother's house this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, watch the game with him, and I show up with some beer, right? You know, of course, vibe. We're, we're drinking. You know, having a good time. As Jonah does watching the game. You know, you ever watch a tech game sober? It's boring. Um, uh, uh, So, yeah, we're just vibing, you know, having a good time, uh, drinking some brewskis together, brewskis with the broskis. Um, And it's, uh, you know, we had one of his friends come over and without being asked, without being told, he all of a sudden shows up with another case. And we're just like, well, hell yeah. You know, so it's like when your friend unexpectedly shows up with another case of beer. And you guys are just out there, have time, which is good because after the last game, really needed it, man. Absolutely plowed through it, dude. Yeah, I bet didn't you stand did a chance. So, yes. so does it change if it's expected? So it has to be unexpected. Unexpected, yes, unexpectedly. 
Not right. expected. So, so welcome surprises. Is that where you're going? Yes, with welcome here, surprises. Or? You know, a very specific one though. Very specific one. So yeah, that's my good vibes out of the week there. Bringing <laughs> like, more beer to a very frustrating game. I that was a great vibe. I gotta be honest with you. Golly, I could have needed a twelve pack. That's for sure during that one. Absolutely, so. dude. That was a uh, was much needed. I you were able to that. down more than one one beer, Jonah. You were able to accomplish that. I worry about you sometimes. Zuni drinking ability. <laughs> we don't need to go into this. No <laughs> way. <laughs> Just saying, if you were we, able we, to handle all that, buddy. <laughs> You don't want these problems with you. <laughs> uh, you don't want these problems. <laughs> all right. That's inside an inside joke. joke for all listeners going inside like, what the joke. hell is happening? Yes, that, that's an inside Sorry. story if you, if you're still that here, will you. not get told on the podcast. You got to go to our Patreon for that shit. Uh, which we don't have. So. <laughs> but anyways, um, Zuni, do you have any trivia for me, man? Uh, trivia this week now. Um, other than Jonah, when's the last time the Jets, 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 Jets beat the Philadelphia Eagles? You know, two thousand eight. Trick know, question. I know, I know, I know. Trick question. I know. Go ahead, Nesto. Go ahead. Tell the answer. They never have. They never have. That's my one trivia question. I'm sorry, I didn't really have a tech one related because I didn't feel good to have a tech one related. <laughs> so, so I went with my team. Sorry, Jets guys. Got their. They have now beaten 31 other teams. All 31 other teams. Yo, that's actually fine. I I do understand that because um, up until I think it was 2018, the Saints had never beaten the Ravens before. Never beaten them, which means wow. Drew Brees had never beaten them. And then he was finally able to, and then he was finally able to get his uh, uh, win against all thirty-two teams. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool. So I, I definitely, up, definitely understand that. Definitely. I'm happy Drew Brees will definitely be remembered for finally being the Baltimore Ravens. That's good for him. <laughs> that's <a> great. <laughs> only one ever do it, man. He ever did. Yep. <laughs> uh, no, I'm with you there, man. So uh, that my team is bad. Way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I had to just shout out mine just because I don't know if we're going to get many wins, though. So, hey, yeah. shout out Dallas Cowboys. Come back. I guess not. He's, okay, I guess, we're at the shout out to the portion of the Yeah, podcast. I guess we'll get into final thoughts <laughs> and shout outs now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, shout out my cat. Shout out my girl. Shout out this fall weather. It is nice. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Jonah's favorite season of the of the year. Mine's still the Absolutely. summer, and for good reason because I'm freezing my ass off up here and west texas northwest texas up here in good old amarillo but yeah it's uh so shout out to all that shout out to the listeners of course love y'all for listening appreciate yes. y'all shout out to the so, listeners uh shout out to dylan and chris for uh doing the interview discussion with me absolutely. i really do appreciate their time uh, i always like doing these discussions with other uh, fan base podcasts as well even though i think afterwards we kind of have uh I, I would say we dunked on them too much in, in the second portion of the podcast but you know um Definitely, definitely was there. So, do apologize for that a little bit. Could have been a little bit, uh, could have been a little bit nice. But we also, if you were, if you're a true rival, we could have been a little bit meaner too. We've definitely been uh, pretty mean to our rivals and you know, like TZU and Baylor and all of them. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I imagine we're gonna be pretty mean against against Texas. So, do apologize for that a little bit because you guys were awesome. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So shout out to you guys for coming on the podcast. Shout out to BYU fans on Twitter too. It's been fantastic. I'm very much looking forward to coming to your stadium, coming to your town, checking out the sites, the scenery. You know, uh, really very much well looking forward. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time, ever since I bought my tickets in July. So 
yeah, I'm I'm excited it's finally here and uh get to get to go there, man. I'm I'm super thrilled. Super duper thrilled. And give a shout to yeah. Um the uh oh the JTS Jets Jets Jets. Oh uh, thanks, man. Too. Uh and um how about a shout out to the Texas Rangers 2-0 in the ALCS against the Astros. It's an all-Texas ALCS the first time ever. Uh, uh, I believe there was a TTU baseball player that, you know, helped secure a couple of those, um, you know, wins. Just saying. Yeah, I think, uh, what's his name? Uh, I think it's like uh, Ryan Young. Is it like Josh it? Young or something? Or? No, nah, it's not Josh yeah, Young. Yeah, definitely never heard of him, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, congrats to him. Uh, you know, I'm I'm like look, I'm a Royals fan. My team is garbage. I know that. Um, kind of a neutral fan in this standpoint. I like the Astros. I like the Rangers. You know, the Astros have had a lot of success recently. I think I might be rooting for the Rangers in this one a little bit. You know, I think I think I, I wouldn't mind seeing them uh, potentially make a run at the World Series, uh, especially if it means they get to defeat the Philadelphia Phillies, because I believe they are winning right now. I hate yeah. them. Yeah, Phillies. I mean, really, any team in Philadelphia, just just because of the fans. I, I just, yeah, they suck. Any. <laughs> team, you know. uh, that's a slightly biased Cowboys fan talking. No, about nah, I think I speak for all NFL fans. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll root for the Rangers. I'll root for the Diamondbacks. I uh, hope uh, they come back and win that one. But I don't. I don't know. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's really all I got, you guys. Anything else? Nah, man. That's pretty much it. Shout out to good health. I love y'all boys. Shout out my girl. Hell yeah, shout out my girl too. Uh, but yeah, I guess that will go ahead and do it. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate you guys listening. Remember to keep the vibes high, keep the guns up. For Nathan Zuniga and Nesta Martinez, I'm Joni Young saying so long. We'll see you next time here on Lone Raider Podcast. Deuces. Wow.